Rainbow. And welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Overreaction Monday, October 8th. Presented by Verizon, this sports program starts now! Football! Happened all day yesterday, all day Saturday, right. Friday night, Thursday right. night, right. and will continue this evening as week five of the NFL season wrap up, uh, wraps up on ABC and oh. ESPN. Ooh. The Raiders and the Packers will do battle in front of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and we will obviously all watch. Got some big storylines brewing right now in the NFL. The Niners? <clears throat> Yeah. Hey, we're talking about maybe one of the greatest teams to ever enter the NFL. This quarterback, Brock Purdy, is seemingly unflappable, unstoppable. And this man completes every single ball with a team around him that is loaded with dolls. One of which, George Kittle, who scored three touchdowns last night, will join us in about an hour and nine minutes. They seem to be... The team that's, but how about the Miami Dolphins who are all the way back uh, after railroading the New York Giants who now have a hurt quarterback with a neck injury. We'll talk to Adam Schefter in about 29 minutes about that. But we got storylines developing all around the NFL and yesterday's football was superb. The toxic table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Dad. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here and nine-year NFL veteran who's played every single position in the secondary. Darius J. Butler is here. Gee, but let's just dive right in because it's Sunday Night Football and it's the best team in football right now in all of our eyes. Yeah. The San Francisco 49ers are awesome to watch play football. On offense, this Brock Purdy fella is cerebral. <laughs> this dude is methodical. Uh-huh. He's matriculate. He makes the best decisions and he can put the ball in an actual keyhole. Whenever he is deciphering what defense you're running, he seems to be smarter than you are, mm. more athletic than you think, what? and he can put the ball wherever he needs it to be. The weapons are in abundance. He said last night, George Kittle got his three touchdowns, and today, George Kittle's birthday. Oh, birthday, birthday. Brock Purdy got him a nice little birthday gift, but that ball to Ayuk right there, and other balls to Debo. What Purdy's able to do with this Shanahan offense with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield so the box has to respect what you have in the run game is, I don't know how you're going to stop it. And then on defensive side of the ball, Fred Warner was actually everywhere. <laughs> I've never seen a man have the capability to be on 53 and a third wide yeah. and 100 yards this way and make every single play seemingly all the time. He's not the only one. That guy who's lead blocking him right there, trying to take on offensive lineman Hufanga, he's all over the place as well. D, but what is the weakness of the San Francisco 49ers team? And is this sustainable for the entire season like it was the back half of last year until the injury bug grew into an injury shack and crushed their entire team in the NFC Championship? That's the only thing. Health, knock on wood. That's the only thing that can possibly slow this team down with what they shown in the first five weeks. And Brock Purdy, you know, not prototypical, not what you were, the player you were build on Madden, but this guy, he does everything you want uh, at the quarterback position. Nick Saban was on here a while ago. He mentioned a quarterback should be a point guard. Mm-hmm. He, he's the epitome of a point guard out there. Just every throw. People pick at it, oh, this roster is so good around him. And this, We've seen other quarterbacks in his offense, and we've seen him not be able to get over the hump. He seems like the guy that can get him over the hump. Just unbelievable with his accuracy, his athleticism, everything. And obviously the guys around him uh, are doing their part too. You were saying earlier, if this guy was a top 10 pick yeah. and had the hype coming into yeah. the NFL yeah. that other guys have, we'd be talking about Absolutely. Is it, MVP, obviously. Is this the, sure. the guy? We, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be yeah. the guy that's going to beat Tom Brady, and maybe that'll be the case, especially with, I mean – 
They just get wins. It's yeah. crazy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They just yeah. get wins. And when Travis Kelsey, low ankle sprain, I do believe is the official diagnosis, him coming back on the field. As soon as he gets back on the field, it's just like Patrick Mahomes and him are playing pickup basketball in the NFL yeah. against people. But if Brock Purdy had a little bit more yeah. hype coming in and we knew who he was, not that we didn't in college, shout out Iowa State, go right. Cyclones. But in the NFL, nobody had any expectations for him because none of the scouts had any expectations for him. So us as fans, we go, you know what? 32 NFL teams, big brains, mm-hmm. are going to tell us who has the capability to be in the NFL, who does not? Normally when you're Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick, every team has passed on you, obviously, numerous times. So fans' natural reaction is this guy isn't supposed to be in the NFL. That's why there's lower expectations on seventh-rounders, sixth-rounders, because we're being told there should be lower expectations. If that lower expectation, though, works against you a little bit whenever you come out and absolutely slaughter Mm -hmm. because everybody's waiting for the other shoe to fall on us. Everybody's waiting for, well, how was this guy not too long ago told that by every NFL team, you will not be a good NFL player numerous times. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I think everybody just missed. Yeah, and I think yeah. Kyle Shanahan is incredibly pumped and thankful for yeah. that. Because with Trey Lance sitting on the other sideline, I think that's kind of the the cut to the the statement that anybody could do what Brock Purdy's doing right now yep. in the Shanahan offense. Because there's been other people that have been in that offense mm-hmm. and have not had success. One of them was actually on the sideline for the other team after yep. being traded up to get drafted at number three overall. Yeah. Brock Purdy has 23 touchdowns and three turnovers in his 10 starts just to start the Jeez. entire career. Now, what C.J. Stroud's doing down in Houston, tough loss yesterday mm-hmm. for him. Yep. But what he's been able to do, keeping the ball in his hands, and there was a couple yesterday that almost went the other way. He almost broke his streak. But turnovers are like the easiest things for young quarterbacks to get caught into. Peyton Manning has like the most in the history as a rookie quarterback. Every guy that's been great, their early days are tough because they don't know what the defense is going to do. The defense is too uh, fast. They know what we're doing. They have more studies and blah, blah, blah. The windows are smaller. Brock Purdy just easy picking apart everything. He's also the number one quarterback throwing outside the numbers. Everybody talks about him throwing inside the numbers. Mm -hmm. Well, they're easy throws with Shanahan's offense. He just makes them run across the middle. Drag route, which he hit yesterday, a couple over a linebacker in front of a safety in about a two-yard by two-yard window, 17 yards down the field. He's putting it in there. It is fantastic to watch. He's not getting enough credit. There was a question. Should he be in uh, MVP consideration? Uh, uh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking he should, Con man. Why does nobody respect him? Because he looks like a guy that if you were to go to a McDonald's might be ordering a double cheeseburger right next to you. Mm-hmm. Looks like a guy, if you were to go bowling, he'd be hanging out with his boys right uh-huh. next to you at some time. He'd be walking around the mall. You could see him in a parking lot. Average looking guy, I think. Do you, yep. That was a great way to describe him. Nobody's building Brock Purdy on Madden. No. When you can create a player. Nobody is no. creating Brock Purdy. Never. But Brock Purdy has done nothing but play better than all those created players that have been made on Madden. I love this dude. I love his story. And I like that because San Francisco's taxes and prices are so high, he, this dude still has a yep. roommate. Yeah. This guy still is living with a roommate as an NFL starting quarterback. What an incredible story. And I, I don't like that not everybody's all in on him. But when that comes, then inevitably people will start hating him again. But he has been phenomenal out there in San Francisco. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And you mentioned the roommate. I believe he also lives with his fiance, so he's got two roommates, which is hilarious because he is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think mostly that everyone has a problem with is they just say, okay, well, Shanahan system, you give any quarterback, Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, they're going to have success no matter what, but I don't think anybody can just walk in and do what he's doing because of the amount of success. Like you just mentioned, 23 touchdowns and three turnovers, is that that what it is? Like That's unheard of, and it was said earlier on Get Up that Mac Jones could do what Brock 
Brock Purdy is doing, he could have success. But I don't think that any quarterback can just come in and do what Not Brock Purdy is doing. Not even close. So this is the part. This is the thing right here. Okay? Right here. It's like uh, my head a little bit larger than others. AJ's head a little bit oh, bigger yeah. mm-hmm. than all of ours. But the gap in between your ears mm-hmm. is what separates. There's a lot of people that can run really fast. There's a lot of people that can catch footballs really well. In my world, there's a lot of people that can kick balls really far. But when the moment comes, in between your ears, can you decipher where, when, and how you need to do what you do? That's what separates the bad from the good, the good from the great, and the great from the I think Brock Purdy is in. He makes every right decision, seemingly, and that's not something that any quarterback who can throw a football can do just because they're in Shanahan's offense. No, and it it is, you know, it, it matches up. So good coaches, I always say good coaches make good players. So Shanahan's system, yeah, it helps. The talent helps. That's what the front office is supposed to do, get talent in there around your quarterback. That's what a good play caller is supposed to do, know what type of quarterback, what type of weapons they have, and get them involved. But like you said, between the ears, the quarterback, they have to get answers. They got to get answers pre-snap and then post-snap. Okay, damn, my guy's not there. Oh, the po- I'm going to break the pocket. Let me roll to my right. Let me roll to my left. Oh, this play was for uh, C-Mac or Kittle. Let me go to IU and make an accurate throw across the field. So, yeah, you can dial things up, but you still need to have those answers. All the great quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Montana, he had Bill Walsh. What? You know, Peyton, he had a bunch of great guys. What? Uh, uh, Belichick and Brady, they had great guys on the offensive side of the ball. Charlie Weiss, what? Josh McDaniels, all these guys what? did a great job calling Charlie plays. Weiss but- used to house bacon <laughs> Oh, yeah. Used to. I heard he dog, housed he bacon Legend. Thought he still Like a hundred pieces of bacon, two yep. pieces of bread. Oh, yeah. Good morning, I'm Charlie Weiss, uh-huh. is what I heard was actually happening. Yeah. And that didn't stop. Mm-hmm. From what I've been told, even got like the yeah. lap band, the lap band surgery because See people ya. were like, "Hey, we need to uh, come on. We need you around longer and everything like that." And I guess he made a decision to mm-hmm. do it. I guess the thing that defeated his lap band was a bacon sandwich <laughs> with a hundred pieces of bacon. <laughs> That's in right. It. Hey, a lot, lot of wins on hey, a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he's living. Yes, he is. Charlie Weiss is absolutely Thank living. You, but you're right, big brain human that we forget that was up there yeah. with Tom Brady at the time. And I think we should compliment Shanahan's offense. Like this, this dude grew up in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And his off, his, obviously, his dad is an offensive yep. mastermind as well. We all remember what the Denver Broncos were able to do and the way they used to run and scheme their run to take advantage of people. Then he has evolved and made it even better now. So we're not saying that Shanahan. Hand isn't a reason oh, for yeah, Brock Purdy, absolutely. but we—I think we're all kind of sick of people saying he's the only reason yes. that Brock Purdy's doing what he's doing. And if you're a Niners fan, you got to be incredibly jocked about how this season has started. On the flip side, if you're a Cowboys fan, oh, oh boy, buddy. You know, somehow on first take, I've become the face of Cowboys fans. <laughs> what? You know, because Stephen yes. A, yep. Stephen A, and Unk, like they are dancing because of how bad the Cowboys did last night oh, against yeah. the Niners. And the Niners are going to do that to a lot of teams, yep. I think, just so happen to be on prime time because the Dallas Cowboys are always on prime time. And it was the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak did not have no. his finest evening or whatever. <laughs> but they've been like this. Interesting stat from Hembo. Dallas ranks 30th in pass defense since Diggs's injury. Mm. Okay, 30th. That's quite a fall from grace for what their defense was doing at the beginning of the season. Do you see any hope for this Dallas Cowboys team, Ty? Or you dance on the grave as being a team that ain't going to be able to make it? I mean, it's tough to find any hope because we said going into the game, like, hey, this will be the litmus test so far. Dallas has looked really good, but they haven't really played anybody yet. And when you know that the 49ers are kind of that team that's going to be at the end of the tunnel and you're going to have to take them out to get to a Super Bowl and then you just get your ass beat on both sides of the ball like that. And then again, you mentioned it. Like, this has been the thing with Dak. It's like, hey, can this guy, can he be the guy? Can he protect the football? He throws three picks last night. But, I mean, it. I'm sure they'll be okay. They'll be around in the end because of how good they'll their win some is. games. Exactly. Yeah. But 
if they have to go back to San Francisco later in the season to beat them to to go to an NFC championship or go to the Super Bowl, I don't know how you watch that game last night and be like, hey, you know, 10 weeks from now, this team gets a little bit better, you know, they get a little bit more seasoned, they're going to come back into San Francisco and, and they're going to give the, the 49ers hell. I just don't know how you can watch that game and make that conclusion. Just to wrap this whole thing up about Purdy being awesome and the Niners being great, listen to this answer from Brock Purdy in his press conference after the game about the team, the mindset, and how he feels the team's doing. I mean, like we said before, you know, this team doesn't have, you know, any ego. Everyone wants to win. Um, cliche, cliche. You know, I feel like everyone knows that they're good, and it's so awesome. it's going to be just a matter of time with their game. You know, this this game, George had you know the touchdowns, he had opportunities, but still, Debo, Ba, Christian, everyone's able to contribute. And? JJ, okay. um, and so you know their time comes, and so they know that. But at the end of the day, we put winning first. That's what we want to do, and um, you know, there's no. You know, selfish times where you know guys are coming up to me saying, "Hey, man, I'm I'm open. You got to throw it to me or anything like that." So, I'm very lucky and fortunate for that, and, and we'll just keep keep it rolling. Just walked out of math class to a press yeah, conference exactly. yeah. and he handled it like there. a grown ass man. Because he said cliches there earlier, like mm-hmm. you know, that's how every team wants to be. Nobody's mad about what they got. George Kittle was this week. Could be anybody else. Then he starts listing off everybody's name, and then you can feel the leadership ooze through his soul. Did I forget anybody? He's saying while he's talking, yep. I want to make sure JJ. Mm-hmm. He's already two sentences later. He's already moved on, and he's like, oh, can't forget yep. teammate. He seems to have all the traits, yeah. all the qualities, which leads us all to believe. That has hit, kind of what Jimmy G had when Jimmy G was there. Sure. Now, he throws a prettier ball. Not as talented. Mm-hmm. You think he's not as talented as Jimmy G? No, I'm saying Jimmy G just isn't as good as this guy. That's, That's what I was about. Example of, That's what I was know. about to say. And then his leadership, though, mm-hmm. same exact thing as Jimmy. It feels like he has that quality as well. Yeah, he does it. And, and you can, you know, it's not BS either. You can turn on the tape. And, and another thing about the tape, Shanahan does a great job of getting everybody involved, kind of in that first 15. Like Kittle get his play. C Mac obviously going to touch the ball a bunch. Debo, Ayuk, JJ, they are going to get their touches. But uh, it, I mean. You watch the tape, you see in the trenches early in the year, you see receivers blocking 50 and 60 mm-hmm, yards yeah. down the field with, you know, they may have one target in that game, but they're blocking their ass off down the field. So you know it's just not BS cliches up there when Brock is up there talking. That's a culture. Yeah. Okay? That's when people talk about culture, it's like, that's it. And I think what happened to them in the NFC Championship game last year probably only yeah. instilled it more. Yeah. Like, hey, here's a team that is pissed off, chip on shoulder. And you talk about their culture being that and nobody getting upset. <laughs> hey, the Buffalo Bills. I oh, know man. it was in London, and yeah. that's a completely different country. Right. Stephon Diggs, friend of the program. Yeah. Yep. Josh Big. Allen, friend of the program. I yep. love them both. We love the Buffalo Bills. Well. What? We we love you know what they're about and the players. And oh, the your team. your team stinks. Yeah, they do. Patriots stink. <laughs> they do stink. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, so we I'm love just, the Buffalo Bills. I'm just saying, you know, we don't all love the Bills. I love Josh Allen and stuff on Dick, but I don't love the Bills. Let's just slow down. You guys love the Bills. Well, maybe the AFC East needs teams like the Bills because of what's going on in the AFC East right now. We need teams like the Dolphins. Okay, we. I'll fall back if the if the Bills do what the Dolphins do. Shoot, I love the Bills too. Then <laughs> the Dolphins are awesome, they're and they're sweet. all the way back. By the way, mm-hmm. and they're talking shit to each other about getting caught by people who are running yep. four yeah. sixes of combines. That's how confident they are. Awesome. And head coach of Miami Dolphins is cracking jokes and shit-talking at his press conference. <laughs> yeah. uh, this comes, I mean, the Dolphins are awesome. On the flip side, Buffalo Bills had to play in London yeah. against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have had quite a stint over in London this particular season. There's another game in London this upcoming weekend. It is not with the Jags. No, no. Ravens-Titans. Ravens-Titans over there. Ravens coming off a 
loss. Titans coming off a loss. Should be another good game over there. But to start the NFL Sunday, we had the Buffalo Bills Mm -hmm. bright early uh, against the Jags. Oh, yeah. Stephon Diggs breaking that thing on the sideline. I know. This is another one of those situations where it's, I appreciate his passion. I love how competitive Stephon Diggs is, but it feels like some places this happens, some places it doesn't. When you're playing great football, obviously, this type of shit's not happening. But have the Bills been too much of this so far in our eyes? I assume Bills fans are thinking this. They've been too much of this, maybe through this entire kind of dynastic run that they could have had over the last three years. It feels like there's a lot of this, and I don't know if it's ever going to stop, but whenever they're playing great, I love watching them. When they're playing bad, I almost hate watching them because I'm like, what's going to happen that's going to make me think that their culture isn't what we think it is? This is not that big of a deal. People smash uh, tablets all the time. But then there was the chatter about who's tired going Mm -hmm. along, who's not tired. It's like there's always some sort of chirping happening around the Bills when it's not going well, and I don't appreciate that at all. I don't love it as a Bills fan. Yeah, I know. First, I know we talked about the travel to London. I mean, I hated the decision to go over there on Friday. Like, I, I'm a guy. Hey, give me at least three good four days over there because uh, they looked like they were sleepwalking the first couple quarters in this game and some major injuries. They lost Tredavious White last week. Now you lose Matt Milano probably Man. for the rest of the year. Jones Man, they said front. he had a cast on his yep. leg yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, a good look. Good. So he's you know one of the best linebackers probably next to Fred Warner is probably Matt Milano after him. So you lose those Sorry, guys. Frankie. But um, you know wide receiver <laughs> position, Stephon Diggs, as long as he's going to produce, which he's been doing, you're going to see this. We saw Jamar Chase say what he said in the locker room. Next week goes off for you know 20 yards, three touchdowns. So it's going to happen. I think they'll be all right. Still a wagon on both sides. There's just ball. a lot of chirping it around. Is, it, it, there's yeah, always yeah. some sort of something around the build like. And, and we're comparing them right now to the Niners, which tough, different. That's tough to for do. everybody. But it really is like you just see these two different things. It's like, is this sustainable? Whatever. It's like this seemingly all the time. Yeah, the pa- the passion from Stefan. I mean, that's that's nothing new. That's like that's and he. Did we not, don't hate it. No, we don't. I don't hate it at all. But that becomes the story of the Bills for sure. And, and that's like kind of what always yeah. happens with the Buffalo Bills. Anytime something not good happens, I think the best part about that is for him though, and like the Bills fans, and like moving forward, like he's statistically had a great game. Didn't say yeah. that very well. I didn't say that greatly, to be honest with you. Well, Stefan statistically <laughs> but, yeah, back was stellar. Yeah, was stellar. With so, his stats. And he still pinned, on which is Which, like, a lot of people would say that's a great thing. Like, he had statistically a great game, but was still mad. Like, that's awesome. He wants to win. Like, as long as your, your passion is in winning and in not, like, calling for targets when you are winning, like, I, I think, I don't think that's bad. <laughs> what is it? Sue? What do you say? What is everybody? Who's that? That's Ronaldo? Cristiano. Have we seen him play soccer one time since he went to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> he no. is running it up in Saudi Arabia. I haven't seen one no. single. You know why? Because the Methy train came to the United States. Uh-huh. Unfortunately eliminated from the uh, oh, no. making the MLS playoffs this weekend. Who? The Miami Inter- team? Miami, yeah. yeah. Messi got hurt. It all went downhill. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought they had a good culture, too. They canceled the season? No. Yeah, are they still doing the playoffs? Oh yeah, no, they're Why? not. Why? No, yeah. they're not. Why are Sounders, we still doing the Timbers? All those squads oh. are still uh, okay. Going. If the Sounders yeah, okay. are in there, <laughs> never right. mind. Never we know mind. they'll get after it. Who else is actually in there? The Revs, Atlanta, Columbus is very good. Cincinnati is very good. Are the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in there or not? No, they're in the. Uh, they're in that oh. fake league. That's not. Whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa! Let's Same not league. get off track here. Okay, NASL. Who? NASL, I think the Riverhounds are in. They the need to be in the Nasal? It's almost the MLS, which needs to happen next right. year with Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Nonetheless, Messi's not there. They should think about postponing They should. They, you know, should. they just think yeah. about postponing this entire thing. We're, maybe let the winner play against 
Yeah. There it is. Whenever. Whenever. That's a good idea. At the end. Let mm-hmm. Messi, you know, get healthy for the next couple months here. And then you guys play to play. Exactly. They should put a cash prize on that. That'd be good cool. Idea. Yeah, twenty five thousand dollars. Each player. Oh, well, it'll probably be each team just because the MLS. Whoa. No, they're no. spending big money. On Methy. And Methy's not Luis, playing. Uh, Suarez is coming to town for Inter Miami shortly. He's out of contract. So. He's a guy that bit a guy oh, right in the yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's the okay. biter. He'll yeah. score about 50 next year. Hey, he, he's, a, he's an actual bite your kneecaps guy. Yeah. Coming. Now they're not. So they're not in the playoffs. Wow. There's yeah. no way. They, all those games that didn't count that Methy was playing yeah. in. <laughs> they should have just gave him dubs for all those things and just been like, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Bonus Rewrite points. the bylaws right now. The NBA did yeah. it for Zion. Exactly. Bingo. Whenever Get they him did in the, the little playoffs. with the bubble thing. And they're still doing that. That completely changed the rules. Anyways, the Buffalo Beals, I feel like it's too much of yes. this. Mm-hmm. We need to figure it out so that we can all enjoy the hell out of them. But there's always some sort of negative being casted upon them whenever they don't succeed. And I guess that's because the expectations have been so high. But those London games are different. It's just uh, it's a it's different good. feeling, different vibe, different routine. You talk about players being routine creatures, which is very real. Coaches are this. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I wake up, I work, I poop, then I sleep. That's what coaches do. Mm-hmm. And that sleeps for like three hours. Players are like, wake up. Okay, what do you do? Well, I'll get in a cold tub here for my body. Then I take this shake, this tea, do this, have this workout, have this walkthrough, have this meeting, have this practice. Then I eat. Then I do this. Then, And when you go to London, it's like... All right, we're all staying up for 14 straight hours. <laughs> yeah. We're powering through the time zone change. We're trying to get adapted in 24 hours. We'll be playing at 9.30, our time, local AM. Going to try to get off that, and we got to get back into it. Yep. So I don't want to say people are mentally weak if they can't handle it, but with the way these humans operate, most of them, it is a complete shock to the system going over there. The Jags, I think, have a lot of a, a pretty big advantage yeah. because they've done it so many yeah. times. But staying for a week over there, too, can be a distraction. But for the Jags, they've been there, done that already. You've already experienced it. The Miami players don't get the Miami flu. They're not worried about Tootsies because that's there in the offseason. Right. They live that's in Miami. Lunch. That's lunch. Vegas, exactly. Vegas players aren't worried about the Vegas flu because they live there. They've already been through it. It's like Jacksonville has that advantage, uh, advantage in London because they've already done it. We've already experienced it. We've already been to the pub. We've already done the meet and greet right. down here. We've already walked through town. There's just a lot of potential distraction. And I know nobody likes to make excuses, but it is tough to judge teams strictly off of London games. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then did you hear what Goodell said while he was over in UK? They talked about we wanted to see if a team is over here in London for you know an extended period of time, is that a competitive advantage <laughs> against a team that might not be? And that's exactly what happened with the Bills. They just weren't you know, on the same track that the Jags were. Here's Roger Goodell, actually, what Boston Connor was referring to. Great transition con, man. The Jaguars are playing consecutive games over here and staying over here. And part of that is just uh, to see how would teams react to that? How would, you know, is it a, is it a competitive disadvantage or advantage one way or the other? Um, we'll learn something from that that will help us determine can we play more games? Could a team actually play over here? So if somebody came over here to play against the London franchise, and let's say there was more than one team over here, they would probably stay for a few weeks. So mm. this will help us understand. Mm. All right, my ears just pricked up. <laughs> you just said more than one team. More than one London team. You did. All right, I'm just checking. Right. <laughs> Neil Reynolds with MJD, do you think that if? Uh, Neil Reynolds there with the follow-up, obviously. Uh, incredible interview by him. Happy Roger Dell's doing interviews there, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Huh. Let's come in. When is he uh, coming over? 
Start across the pond, huh? You scared, Rod? <laughs> you scared, Rod? No, I think I appreciate that they are looking into that, though. In the NFL, they're a big overanalyze everything before yep. making any decisions. They're never going to be the first to move, ever, on anything. They're going to let things kind of figure it out. So them even thinking about the advantage of Jacksonville having probably comes from a lot of conversations with players yeah. and coaches. They're like, well, when we get over, dropped over here for two days, it's a whirlwind. We have no – and then we're playing a game in a very cool stadium. It's mm -hmm. like players are also distracted by everything going on. It's not a real feel for our yeah. team at all. And some of these games are big. Ours was division against yeah. Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. That's a massive game okay. for the Indianapolis Colts, and they handled it better than us, but they've also been there numerous times. Multiple teams in London would seemingly make sense because New York – L.A., right. we already have the setup there for there that whole go. thing. But if you talk to anybody in London that we've talked to, they'll say that most of the people coming to that London game are just either German folks that are massive fans or just people from Europe uh -huh. that are American sports fans that are coming there. So maybe London continues to be a destination city for people. But I think Europe is inevitable. Yeah. I think yeah. Europe yeah. is inevitable for at this sure. point. And I'm kind of pumped for it, d -Butt. Like you said, they're going to do all their research, but – you know, the only research they need is that bottom line. Uh, how does it look for money? Because we we've been talking, you know, stuff about the Thursday night games for years. Yep, we're keeping it because it's money. Ah, uh, you know, guys getting banged up, concussions. Add another game because it makes sense to money. So if this thing makes sense over over there, it's gonna it's gonna happen sooner or later. What's it? Sure. What's a big day where everybody's telling that we don't play uh, football? Well, Christmas, the NBA. Sweet, uh, add yep. Christmas. Yep, yep. Boom. What's our, now? There's another holiday. Isn't a real holiday? <laughs> My wife was talking about it. She does a lot of shopping. Oh, Black Friday. Yep. yep. Boom, one. Yeah, we'll we need one then. on Black Friday. We need that. And you're right with yep. the bottom line being it all. I also think transportation. So as these jets get oh, better, and this, yeah. people are going to think that we are, um, you know, just making this up. Tank top, doofuses. <laughs> Never would do that. Everywhere we wouldn't do this. But our source says have told us that if that one plane that was supposed to make it from New York to London in like four hours. The Concord. The Concord yeah. would have existed. Teams would already be in Europe. Yeah. So wow. since that kind of got shut down, I think there's also a waiting period here on modern technology to get the world a little bit closer time-wise so that it, when the suits want to travel or when a workout has to happen or when a player gets cut and picked up from another team from the practice squad over there, the travel is Seattle to Miami uh -huh. as opposed to somewhere to London, England. So I think that is a massive piece of it. And I think there's two planes coming out now that are Late commercial. 20s. Yeah. yeah, I believe 2025 20, is when they're starting like to, to really ramp up with that. So yeah, it, turbo, turbo commercial jets. Yeah, love it. Where we're just going to hop ourselves into spaceships and wake up in London in three hours. What do you think, like, the, the number the number to put over there? Two? Four teams? Like a whole division? I think they would have to do a whole division. Yeah, think. yeah. And then I think they play all their games, and then there's probably home base for all of them, which is going to cost money, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, a lot of money. Imagine getting traded on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, from Seattle from Green to... Green Bay to the freaking London Vipers. Which happens. Yes, man, yeah. yeah. Hey, they better have family. cool names, wow. too. Have you to. just said London Vipers there. It made me think of the XFL or the USFL, the Las Vegas yep. team. It's like they're going to have to have cool names, a whole new rebrand. When does the NFL want to go into expansion? That's a whole nother Because it's pretty good right now. But expansion, more teams, more games, mm -hmm. more money. Damn Do we have enough players? Well, well like you said, question. too, if they do it, you almost have to have uh, a new division created, right? You can't have yeah. London teams just sliding into the, the NFC East, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, Oh, you know, sorry, Cowboys. You're gonna have to. You're just gonna have to make do. Okay. Yeah, like, you're flying to London every year. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Twice, like, three, man. three times. Yeah. How do they oh, do yeah, that? Oh yeah, there's two teams. 
Yeah, you would have to play them both. Yeah. Yeah, and would, would it be one division in the NFC or would it be one division in the AFC? So you'd probably fly over, play them both back-to-back over there. Right. Yeah, so everybody would sure. have a back-to-back okay, week, yeah. and, and then it would just cycle. Yeah. That would probably yeah. be what it would be. Adding that other bye week would be huge. Because then you could at least have a buy either before or after. They'll figure, They'll figure it out. out. They'll, They'll figure, figure it out. out. So, teams, though, that, let the English got me thinking about it. Let the Europeans though name the teams because anytime we get a new team name here in America, it normally stinks. So let them do it. All the all the Premier League teams have sweet nicknames and stuff like that. Let them do it. Yeah, it'll be dumb though. It'll be like FC London. Like that's not how. That's awesome. Oh. I don't like it. I don't like it at <laughs> that's all. That's pretty shit. The London football team would be cool. Like the Washington. Yeah, but football it would be team. a. It would be. It, it would be LAFC just like we have in Los Angeles because it would be London American Football Club. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's all oh, just yeah. I mean, DCFC was going to be awesome, and they blew that one. Completely. Still available, though. Still available. What is Josh going to do? Yeah. What right. is Magic Johnson going to do over there with the new name? Let's talk about another big-time game. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens wow. in a classic AFC North rivalry game that showcased two defenses doing yeah. their thing. An inept offense coming up with a massive play. Shout to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then an offensive coordinator not being thrilled <laughs> at all. Let's just go through the series that won the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then we'll dive in. Tone Diggs' thoughts. Here's Kenny Pickett on a second and nine, right near field goal range, down to minute 33 left in the game. Listen to what Kenny Pickett's doing here as a professional quarterback in his second year starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Long enough, he knows how to play the angles in the wind you would expect. Right now, Jalen Randy, 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 check. Randy, Randy. I believe that's Randy Moss. And the Randy Moss check is George Pickens got one-on-one at the bottom. And Kenny Pickett says, give me that. And Pickens and Pickett, who had the number one QBR together in the entire NFL last year, put a touchdown on the board, the only one, with 117 left in the game to take the lead over the Baltimore Ravens. And obviously, T.J. Watt would go on to take over. But when that touchdown happens, they actually have a shot in the offensive coach's suite, pretty much. Matt Canada, the near one here. Touchdown happens. Look at the boys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Look at Matt Canada. Something good just happened on his offense. He has no idea. (laughs) And I don't know if he's upset because the Randy check came and that wasn't the play that he called. And he maybe, oh, we left too much time on the clock. But nonetheless, the fans in the stands didn't even get a chance to see that Matt Canada had no reaction when the biggest play of the day happened to potentially win the game with an offense that he's calling that the quarterback made a check. Here's another beautiful chant from the people in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're not talking about the country. <laughs> no. No, they're no, talking no. about that Matt Cannon guy. Tone, you guys get a big time win. Yep. And here's a fun stat here from Hembo. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Uh, uh, hold on, hold yeah, on. Let are. me get to it. Let me get to it. It's something about like the Pittsburgh Steelers only have been outscored by 31 points, outgained by like 300 and some yards in some other stat, sure. and they're still three and two somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. But what did you see yesterday that makes you believe that this Steelers could potentially win? Or what did you see yesterday that makes you believe that this Pittsburgh Steelers is the same Pittsburgh Steelers that are just going to be ah and be able to steal games. Yeah, so them going on the road last week and getting blown out as road favorites against the Texans, then coming back and winning as dogs against the Ravens at home in Accusure is one of the most predictable things of all time with this team because that's how it's been the last few years. Um, To be honest, Pat, nothing. 
that I saw yesterday made me believe that anything is going to change for the rest of the season oh, good, or good. be any good oh, okay. until Ooh, okay. until the Randy Randy call okay happened and then if we're going to do in the fourth quarter where Ben Ben did it where his he uh, couldn't, can't. Can't, couldn't hear anymore and can't. if we're going to do and the thing is, the last last season when they went six and two or whatever it was down the stretch, Kenny was always really, really good in the fourth quarter. So, like as a coaching staff, as a team, maybe figure out what they do so well in the fourth quarter to come back and win games. That for the first three quarters when they are abysmal is different because oh, like another game under three hundred yards. Well, let's not even don't even that four hundred yard stat. That's not a real thing. That's <laughs> not never, possible. Yeah, that's uh -huh. never gonna happen ever again. Let's just try to get three hundred potentially, potentially. But yes. Highsmith had 11 pressures, which I believe is the most insane by a single player uh, in a game this season. Uh, TJ had a, a, a sack. He had a huge punch to the face of, of Zay, Zay Flowers. Flowers. That was yeah, cool. Good tackle. Jo yeah. Joey Porter Jr. gets on the field. Oh, he has an interception that basically is the turning point in the game because they score there. That's game over. Um, yeah, I mean there was a lot of there was a lot of good, but there was also a lot of the same same bad yesterday. Here's the stat that Hembo gave me before we pivot to some breaking news from Adam Schefter. Pittsburgh had been outscored by 31 points this year, outgained by 606 yards, Damn. and they're still three and two. Hell That's yeah. Pittsburgh's doing football. That's, That's Pittsburgh's doing football. Yeah, Randy, Randy though, great Texas call. check, all out pressure, slide it to the right. Pick it up, and that defense, you got us in pressure there because you're right on that fringe field goal area, so you got us in pressure. Marlon Humphrey, you got to know that fade ball is coming. George Pickens, by the way, He's just not. being down there one-on-one. Oh. If Kenny Pickett did that every time, just look. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Randy. And then Matt Candace <laughs> not going to be happy about it because he didn't call it. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who has all the news about all the things happening around the NFL. Senior NFL insider for ESPN, friend of the program, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Schefter. Yay! Happy Monday, guys. What's going on? Hey, thank you once again for joining us. We know you're incredibly busy. You are the man. Let's dive into some news and some injuries, and hopefully you'll have an update as these scans and everything are coming in yep. today. Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts. As soon as he went down yesterday, now, it didn't seem like that crazy of a tackle, but he did land on his shoulder, certainly his throwing arm. He lays on the ground and taps it in the stadium, and I think at home, every Colts fan thought, all right, that's broken collarbone, that's something. Then the results came back negative. It's a sprained AC joint on his throwing arm. There's different reports on the internet from a month to three months. Yeah. Has that been confirmed? And what are you hearing today, Adam Schefter? Well, here's the bottom line. The Indianapolis Colts do not have a timeline yet. I literally spoke with them about five minutes ago, spoke with various people in the organization this morning. They are awaiting a second opinion that Anthony Richardson is having today. They do not know yet. Shane Steichen, their head coach, is scheduled to speak to the media via a Zoom call at about 2.30 Eastern today. We'll see if he has any more clarity. But as of five minutes ago, they do not have timelines. They're waiting to get them. We do know that he's got the sprained AC joint right now. We do know he's going to miss time, Pat. He's going to miss time. I've spoken to enough people here to come away with the fact that it doesn't sound great, but they're trying to get more answers and more information about the extent of the damage and how long He'll be sidelined. Yes, there have been all sorts of estimates. We'll see what comes back. They're still going through the evaluation process. I think it's fair to say he's not going to play this week. And let's see what goes on beyond that point. I think that's three out of his first five games where there's been pretty serious injuries that have taken place. Obviously, we're all very, four out of the first five where something has happened. All very, very worried about what the future looks like. But Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Oh, we hope AR. Need you healthy, pal. You are electrifying. 
But also very thankful that we signed Gardner Minshew. Speaking of signing, the Indianapolis Colts get a deal done with Jonathan Taylor. Now, his agent is doing a victory lap because they got a deal done, especially because guys like me said this was a bad business move. Everything you did was bad. You made Jonathan Taylor get hated in Indianapolis. There's a new culture being built. You're the only guy holding it back. Nobody wanted to trade for you. Now you're on PUP. It's a contract year. His numbers are going to be down because he missed it. None of that matters. Malky and JT get a deal done somehow in the face of adversity through the work, uh, public and behind the scenes. How'd this come together? Two years, 26 and a half million, pretty much guaranteed for him. And what is the plan now with him? Because it feels like they're going to just try to work him back as Zach Moss, who's been running back for us the first five weeks, continues to explode. See, a couple of things here that are interesting and instructive, I think. We've seen a number of situations unfold this year with various players. We go back to last year, Debo Samuel, saying that I'll never play for the 49ers again and doesn't want to play and wants to be traded. We see players all the time go combative against the team. Agents come out. Agents' jobs, Pat, are to get the deal. They don't care what you or anybody else is saying about them. Their job is to get... Well, this guy definitely cared. I mean, you know, he's doing it. He definitely (laughs) cared. Of course, but but, but again, in the end, ultimately (laughs) his job is to get a deal. And in a running back market that has been shrinking, Jonathan Taylor got a deal in the end that averages $14 million a year. He helped raise the bar to a spot that Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard didn't get it to this summer. So the fact of the matter is, whatever happened, whatever tactics they used in the end worked. But we always felt, and I don't believe it ever changed, that Jonathan Taylor wasn't stepping back on that football field until he had a deal done. And I think the Colts wanted to see him on his best behavior. They wanted to see him come back, start practicing, start speaking. He did all those things. He did all those things and more. And so in the end, they, I think both sides had an understanding. We're going to work to get an agreement done. That is something that both sides can live with, that both sides want. That's a win for both sides. And in the end, they essentially have the framework for this deal in place throughout the course of the week. On Friday night, I think Jonathan Taylor and Chris Ballard or Jim Mercy met in person. They kind of put the finishing touches on it. Saturday morning, they go over the details and they get the deal done. Three years, $42 million, 26 and a half guaranteed. Again, raises the bar for other running backs. It's the first multi-year running back deal worth over $10 million a year in almost 800 days since Nick Chubb got him. So it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. And whatever both sides did, it worked in the end because the Colts got a foundational franchise type of player. We hope. And Jonathan Taylor got the type of deal that has not existed in the running back market. So it worked out the way it should have. He wasn't traded. He never got close to being traded despite all the facts that the Packers expressed some interest. The Dolphins expressed some interest. It never came close to happening. And I think in a way that maybe the Colts' plan was to allow him to go out and see that nobody's going to trade what we value you at. Well, if we value at a certain price picks that we don't get, well, then pay the man the way that you're valuing him. And in the end, that's what the Colts did. Now, again, they have to ramp him back up. He didn't go through training camp all summer. This was his first week of drills. So Zach Moss got a lot of work. But over time, 
over time, it's a situation where he's going to get more and more work. Yeah, and we can't wait to see him get back to form that we saw a couple years ago. Him being healthy was the big thing he talked about in the press conference. Happy to hear about that. He was introduced second to last. Offense was introduced. AR Mm -hmm. was introduced last because he is our guy. But the crowd, hey, welcome back. We were happy for him to be back on the field. And then we see Zach Moscow for 100 and whatever. And then we we do that whole thing. It's like, all right, we got time, I guess, for Jonathan Taylor to get back. Sets an interesting precedent, though, for Chris Ballard to deal with. Heard Edron James was a part of this uh, as well. Is that true? That I didn't hear, but I'm sure there were other people involved. I, I hadn't heard Edron was involved. Doesn't surprise me. Edron's a very smart guy. Very smart guy and very close to Ursay as well. Yeah, yeah. And obviously dog whenever it comes to running backs. Last question for me and then the boys have some. Danny Dimes for that New York Giants team has obviously looked vastly different than we expected coming into the year. A lot of the problem a lot of people say is from the offensive line. Well, offensive line yesterday still issue. Dan ends up with a hurt neck. Where are we with that? What is the projections and what are we thinking for Danny Dimes and his neck this season? Well, again, he's getting an MRI today and they'll see the MRI, but the early indications were that it was a stinger. It's not serious. It's a day-to-day type of situation. We'll see what the MRI shows later today. But that was the early word. The Giants came away hopeful and encouraged with the early test results that they ran. And now there's further testing. And sometimes, as you know, Pat, you see one thing and then the further testing reveals something else. So you can never really be sure. That's why we like to wait on some of these things and let them play out the way they should. But the early signs are that they were encouraged and hopeful that it was nothing more than a stinger. And we'll see if that's what the MRI later shows. And it would leave him day to day if that's what it turns out to be with a chance to play this week Next behind, Next. behind a depleted offensive line. Yeah, yeah he's, had, he's had problems with this before. So it's, it's, it's definitely problematic. And when he walked off that field, you're like, oh boy, here we go. But right now, it doesn't seem that problematic right now. Okay, that's good news. For a neck thing to be not problematic, uh-huh. great news. Connor has a question or two for you. Yeah, Chef, yesterday in the Chiefs-Vikings game, Kelsey went out with a ankle and it looked much worse. He ended up coming back yeah. and then Jefferson went out with a hamstring. What is both of their statuses? And then also, what do you say to the people who are saying that the NFL is rigging games for the Chiefs to win because of Taylor Swift? Oh, <laughs> I've never heard that before, so I don't know what I would say about that. Loud. Uh, hey, it's say. real. He took his helmet off, then he pointed at the suite that Taylor was supposed to be in. Uh-huh. Said, put, your, back, put, back. put your helmet back on. That's happening. They're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you what. The NFL scriptwriters did a heck of a job writing Taylor Swift into the <laughs> script for this year. That was excellent, whoever did that. Jo- you know, Justin Jefferson, hamstring, doesn't finish the game. That's not good. Going through more tests today. But look, when you leave the game and have the hamstring injury, I think there's a chance you're going to miss some time, depending on the severity of it. Kelsey, he's a warrior. He obviously goes out, hurts his ankle, comes back in, fights through it. The issue there is that they're on a short week this week, Thursday night game against Denver. Um, So we'll see whether he can continue to play through that. Sometimes after the game, adrenaline wears off and then some of the pain and other issues that the injury begin to set in. But the fact that he came back, like he went out of that game. Initially, it looked like non-contact. You're like, oh boy, was it his Achilles? Was it worse? He goes down on this particular pair right here. You can see, just slips on the turf monster, grabs the Achilles, gets up, is unstable when he gets up. It didn't look great, right? So you're like, this is going to be bad for uh, a veteran tight end. But that guy's a warrior. Came back, not only came back, but... Caught a touchdown, 
played well, right. helped the team put away the win. So I don't care what the guy had. He played with it, played well, and we'll see if he can make it back now in a short week. I appreciate his first play uh, back. He was blocking. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, for, not a big blocking guy, but then it's, he, they have him on the sideline. No, you're not allowed in. You're not allowed in. All right, we'll give it a go. Pull, you're blocking somebody. <laughs> yeah. It was like, we're testing this foot immediately. He was moving around. He's an Ohio guy. That's right. Uh-huh. He's an Ohio. Yeah. Speaking yep. of Ohio, Darius has a question for you. Yeah, Cleveland Browns, their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, though he missed last week with the shoulder in that bye week. Uh, what's his update uh, going forward with the Browns? Well, you know, Darius, it was interesting because the team felt like he was close enough to be able to play. Yep. He didn't feel comfortable enough. And I think probably part of that was that they did have the bye this week, and now – they play the 49ers, who are riding, what is it, a uh, 14-game winning streak? One yeah, I don't short. think I'd be comfortable playing this week either, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think Deshaun thinks of it like, I want to go out there and play. Oh. I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't bounce back and play this week. I think with the week off, it sets him up to be back out there. They need him back out there. That was that was not the way you want to head into the bye week. And, and the rookie quarterback, who was so impressive during the summer, that shows you that there's a difference between preseason and the regular season, and he has a chance to grow up to be a good quarterback one day, but that's not today. And so they need Deshaun back. I'd be surprised if he's not back this week. Yeah, speaking of back, how about Mac? Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Shefty, two weeks in a row now, Mac has not finished the game. Now they've been blowouts, so oh. whether they just taken out their starter or not, but Bailey Zappi's come in and kind of finished the game. Is there... Obviously, Bill's not saying anything, but is there any rumblings around the building of potentially Mac losing the starting job? Great question. Great question. I think, listen, what Bill has said is Bill has said (laughs) that he's sticking with Mac, that he's the one. I think everybody across the league looks at it and says, well, they're going to be doing something. What is it that they're going to be doing? Because Bill Belichick is coming off maybe the two worst losses of his career in (laughs) back-to-back weeks. The offense has been inept. It has not gotten the job done. So you know that they're not going to stand pat, that they're going to be doing something. So the question is, what is that? And Bill has said that he's standing behind the quarterback for now. We've heard other head coaches say similar things before, only to go a different route during the week. No, no. So let's see where that goes. But (laughs) look, I I think it's fair to say uh, that when they play the Las Vegas Raiders this week, that the offense isn't going to look the same. What that means, what? we'll find out as the week evolves. Oh, but- put it on the Seeky ticker. Wow. Put it on yeah. the Seeky. It's fair to <laughs> what say. What are we putting on there? Your words, Shafty. We didn't, we didn't yeah. type. Quote, unquote. We didn't type these up. Mm-mm. It's fair to say that when Patriots the Patriots. Patriots offense will not look the same. Okay. Breaking Ooh. news. You're bringing the Wildcat back? Uh, yeah, that's what? <laughs> Malik Cunningham. Yeah, out of Louisville. Oh, Louisville undefeated right now. Yep. Wow. <laughs> We're getting a lot going in the cards' way. Put him in. Whoa! Shefty yeah. rooted yeah. to that. It's time. He did. That's what he that's, let's, it, it might be it might be it might be Scott Zolak back there. We don't Whoa! Put it on a seat geek ticker. <laughs> uh let's let's stay in New England though, because there's a much bigger storyline than just the quarterback. You know, it feels like Patriots fans are past the point of blindly supporting Bill Belichick in everything Bill Belichick does. Obviously, the last two weeks, not great news. Then Bill Belichick goes on the Greg Hill show this morning, and this is what he answers uh, whenever he's asked about whether or not his message is still landing with the team. Bill, so Greg asked you at the start, uh, restarting, that's what you said yesterday. Why are you the right person to restart this organization with right now? Yeah, well, I'm going to do the best I can to help our football team. That's yes. my job. 
Do you find that your message is landing, or there's things that you need to change? Because the 38 to three loss was your worst that you'd ever had in 500 starts, and this week it appears that there wasn't that urgency to to reclaim yeah. what the team's identity was. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do the best I can to help the team. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so on the Greg Hill Show there, he's giving his press conference answers. Normally, the Greg Hill Show is where he's a little bit more of a human. Back-to-back blowouts, bad weeks, especially at home. When some, Is there a thought here that this is Bill's last ride, or how would that work out? And who would be, you know, because he's GM, he's coach. Is there a time where maybe he's no longer coach and he's just GM? How do you see the transition period <laughs> going, and has that even been talked about? Hey, yeah, here's what I would say. You're raising valid questions that I don't know that anybody can answer right now, right? Everybody could see what's happening there. Nobody knows exactly where it's going to go and what's going to happen from there. But again, just like we're talking about the offense and there being potential changes, you have to wonder what the long-term fallout will be when the team plays the way it has, when the relationship, which has been an historic, decorated, illustrious relationship has gone on as long as it has, Every relationship at some point in time, uh, coaching, not everyone, but most everyone, uh, runs its course at some point in time. And so people now are wondering about that in the New England area. It's fair. I don't think anybody, Bill, the crafts, the people around the organization, could answer how it's going to come up. But the fact that you're asking about it, people are talking about it, that it's coming up, that in and of itself tells you that it's a question that people are going to be paying attention to that we'll have to see how that gets answered over the course of the coming season, right? Like the fact that you're asking me about arguably the greatest coach in NFL history and GM and his, and his time in new England coming to an end that that's coming up. That to me is notable. So I think, okay, great answer there. Really. That was like a Roger Goodell esque. Answer. That was yeah. that was phenomenal. We got real answers in but he there. He uses his hands really well. Yeah, He's yeah. better than I do. Yeah, he got, we, like, yeah, we, yeah. we got real answers. You gave us some real stuff, but mm-hmm. also like uh, we don't know at this stage. Well, but, but but who does? Nobody knows. That's, you would be the guy that would know yeah. if anybody. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're saying, though. It sounds like. But is there a thought maybe because I think he's the greatest coach in history. That's understandable. But nobody's ever talked about him being the greatest GM in history as well, which that needs to be talked about more because he's the one that's piecing these teams together that went on to be the greatest dynasty well, in the history of the league. Is there a time, is there a chance that, like, hey, Bill, just GM and let somebody else coach? Because that would be Greg Hill's messaging, like, hey, you're not reaching this team seemingly anymore. That would almost be a way to almost slow roll the inevitable potentially. I just didn't know if that had been get brought up or not. Well, I think they're going to have to sit down and talk about how they want to handle this, both sides, right? But Bill Belichick, the coach, his record is undeniable. And Bill Belichick, the GM in recent years, you look at the drafting record, it's more questionable. And that's where some of these issues arise today. And so they're going to have to figure out how they want to handle that going forward. But again, the fact that you're bringing it up and people are going to talk about it and it's going to be this topic that's not going to go away. Anytime soon, unless they start ripping off wins that look unlikely, <laughs> that that becomes something that, yeah, you know, you, like you said, the greatest coach in football history. You're asking about his future. 
We're talking about his future. Yeah. That is notable. I think so, too. Here's a stat about Mac Jones who might not be helping this entire thing. He has thrown four pick sixes at Gillette Stadium in just 19 home games. It took Tom Brady 135 home games to achieve that, yeah. that same number wow. for whatever reason. Now, granted, he had special teams coordinator and a defensive coordinator as his OC last year, which once again goes into the whole. Anyways, let's pivot to tonight. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Shefty, what are you uh, hearing in terms of inactives? I know we heard that Jair Alexander and Devontae are probably both going to go. Uh, Aaron Jones is questionable. And then the Packers have a bunch of guys with no designation yet, like Elton Jenkins and Christian Watson. What are you hearing in terms of who's going to go for both the Raiders and Packers tonight? Well, Elton Jenkins, John Rungan, they're off the injury report. They're going. Christian Watson off the injury report. He's going. Uh, Jair Alexander expected to play. Aaron Jones, we think, is going to play. But we don't. Again, they're in a bye week after this week, which makes it a little bit murky to me. And he was limited later in the week, which I think lends some uncertainty. On the Raiders' side, Garoppolo is off. He's starting. Devontae Adams is going to play. Has had the shoulder injury. Uh, was limited in practice. The sign, like, he did a sit-down interview with Larry Fitzgerald for Monday Night Countdown, the pregame show tonight. You're not doing that sit-down interview in a game you're not playing. So he oh, has planned it. to play in this game against his former team all week long. The plans have been in place. The better question, the more significant question is, okay, is it going to be a full workload? Is he going to be fully effective? He's not full strength right now. Jair Alexander will be out there. Devontae Adams one of the great players in the game. Had an unbelievable career. Wants to go against his former team. And uh, we'll see how healthy he is tonight. How's that sit-down going to be? Larry Fitz? Is that what he's Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fitz down there breaking it down? I love everything about it. Hey, good luck tonight. We can't wait to see you on TV, pal. ABC as well. How are you guys going to be on ABC tonight as well? Uh, whatever they tell us to do, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that, Pat. But Hey, I'm just sitting here like, hey, I got a call this morning. I'm like, are we doing the McAfee show today? They said, no, no, no show. So I said, okay, great. So I'm sitting in my oh, home no. office. I got you on in the background. You come on, you're like, Adam Sheffield will be doing this. just broke news to me. Wow. Hey. I had no idea. I thought I wasn't doing this. Put show. it on the dick. <laughs> yeah. We would love to chat with you every Monday if that's possible. You're the man. We Lock it in. Lock, Lock it in. Yeah. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Sheffield. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, I assume that was just kind of understood over there. <laughs> right. That's on me. That's I assume that's 100% on me. We had a hell of a weekend, though. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? I'm pretty excited about tonight with Devontae. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am pretty excited about tonight with Devontae. Very He's tough. And shout out to Verizon, by the way. Shout, shout out, Verizon. Love you, Verizon. Love you, Verizon. Now, you know this. Uh, football fans, players, and coaches rely on Verizon from coach-to-coach calls on the field. Oh. To connecting in crowded stadiums. To streaming games at home. And on the go. Okay. Shout out to Verizon. We appreciate them. Nation's uh, best, most reliable network. By uh, far. Down. And uh. also, they said, yeah, we will certainly love to sponsor the program. So, we're fans of yours. You got a, you got a customer for the rest of your life, Verizon. That's, That's right. right. Uh, Devontae Adams talking tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear how that interview goes. Yes. Because we've heard him chirp a little bit about how the Las Vegas Raiders have operated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at the end of his Packers tenure, hey, I want to go do this. I want to do that. This is the first time we'll really hear him speak in a little bit of time. What do you think he does tonight against your Green Bay Packers? Well, I guess it depends on how healthy he is. But, I mean, no one has been able to stop him yet. Jair Alexander, obviously, they, they went head-to-head yeah. in practice for a really long time. So, he's probably a little bit more comfortable and knowing what he can do. But... Devontae is one of those guys where I feel like if he's on his game, it, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field. Like he's he's no matter what happens, he's always liable to catch seven balls for 125 yards and two touchdowns, regardless of who's out there. Let's go to the tail 
of the tape for Ooh, this okay. There's a couple categories here that are very interesting, and Darius J. Butler was actually the one that pieced this thing together. He said, hey, here's some stats that'll make us tell the tale of how this evening might go. Red zone efficiency, the Green Bay offense, 69.2%. Ooh, That's fifth good. in the NFL. Pretty good. Getting to the money zone, things go well. How's uh, Las Vegas' defense in the red zone? Ooh, 20-plus ninth in the NFL. Not good. Oh, no. Deep down there. How about rush yards total for the whole year? 298 for the Green Bay. 261. There's a lot of throwing. Turnovers. Three for the Green Bay Packers. That's not bad at all. Turnovers for the Raiders. Ten. Oh, no. I got to hang on to the ball, D-Butt. Got to. Got to. To win the game, you got to have the ball. To score, you got to have the ball. That's right. Giving the ball to the other team. Not good. No. <laughs> they do it a lot. Rush defense allows 4.5 yards per carry. Rush defense for the other side, 4.3 yards. Oh. oh. Is this going to be the weakness? How about the quarterback pressure? 22 pressures versus Detroit. 30.7% of the time they're pressuring the quarterback. That's 32nd Uh-oh. in the NFL. So they're not, Jordan should have time tonight. Yeah. That's what I say. Should be on Jordan's arm tonight. Does that make you feel good or bad after reading this particular set of stats for the tail of the tape? Uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag because again, if Aaron Jones doesn't go, I don't love just having to rely on A.J. Dillon to kind of be the the sole guy um, when they haven't been able to run the ball at all all year. And it seems like this is kind of the Packers' M.O. Hey, Raiders haven't been able to run the ball at all. Josh Jacobs is very, very good. He's one of the three best running backs in the NFL. In a bad, bad world, the Raiders are going to rush for you know 250 yards tonight, and that's going to be why the Packers lose. It'll be interesting because they talked about the Packers' rush defense all season long, and you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. We'll be able to see if Josh Jacobs can finally get going tonight because he was he led the league last year. Now they stink at it. Josh Jacobs leads the league last year, doesn't get a deal, gets a deal done. Now he's back, can't run. Yeah. No. A lot of chatter around the Raiders, though. Remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. All these teams have a lot of chatter around them. You wonder how they're able to win games. Some teams are able to pull it off. No Chandler Jones on that Raiders defensive side might be an issue as well. That certainly helps. Especially without Bakhtiari playing. Right. We're in for a good one tonight. I, I think, think so. so. And joining us live from an attic in Ohio is a man who called the Red River Rivalry this past yeah, week. Yeah, he did. That's right. Hell yeah. A man who was live from the Texas State Fair. A man who had his name chanted in Texas no less than 50 times over the last three days. COVID survivor, father of 10, president of Ohio, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, world champion, A.J. Hawk. A.J., yeah. how are you, pal? I'm doing well. It was a, a heck of a weekend. I know you were uh, you were pretty busy. Yeah. It, it looks like uh, you know over the course of the last few days. I had a pretty good little run there on Saturday. You know, that's one of those things where you get asked if you want to do something. It's like, okay, overexposure, real thing. You know, people are starting to really hate the old stooge in the tank top. But with that being said, get to do a game day from the Texas State mm-hmm. Fair. Get to call the Red River rivalry. Yeah, and then also, hey, do you? You want to go cut a promo? Uh, first time since you've been in WWE that we've been in Indianapolis for everything. Do you want to? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I would <laughs> like to do that. They're like, all right, yeah, we would love to have you if you want it. Just keep us updated. And getting out of the state fair, I don't think any of us knew it was going to be <laughs> as difficult of a task as it was. So I almost missed the WWE situation. But anytime I can go back to the WWE, I miss that place, bro. Hey. I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. And the fans that were at Fastlane on Saturday night, 
who said hello to me whenever my music came on and I walked out. Thank you. So you have no idea how much I needed that. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of people saying a lot of very mean stuff <laughs> yeah. about me. So whenever I walked out there and there was a, a nice welcome, it was a very cool thing. I'm very appreciative of it. But thank you, AJ. You motivated and inspired me as well. This dude drove, okay, yep. from his Big old house, yeah. mansion. huge house, yeah. mansion White in Ohio, house. 400 acres at least. Yeah. Yeah, they got those cold events over there happening oh, yeah. all the time. He drives three hours to Indianapolis to get on a plane with us to fly down to Texas, does the show, does his thing. Next morning, wakes up, does his thing, drives all the way back. We appreciate your commitment. Let's go, Hawkers. We appreciate you, your Hawk. commitment. You did incredible. Now let's talk about football. Uh, what did we learn about the Niners last night that made us say, is this the best team to ever play football in the history of the NFL, A.J. Hawk? Yeah, it's almost scary when you look like they check every single box when you're, you're talking. I had a buddy that texted me that he, he watches football, not like Aaron? crazy, but he, he texted me and he's like, how do you stop the 49ers? Like, how do you beat the 49ers? Everywhere you look, they're studs and Brock Purdy, like with all the weapons they have offensively, and then you add the offensive line and then how – like you watch Brock move around the pocket and just oh. eyes down. Feel, just, they just feel like they're hitting on all cylinders right now. And I don't know, man. I hope they can keep this up. You heard Collinsworth talk numerous times, which I assume also came up in the production meeting with the coaches and everything. And you heard Kyle Shanahan talk about Brock Purdy and just being like, yep, he's the guy. You heard Collinsworth talk numerous times last night. The way he processes defense and gets through his reads before it even, like most young, he's only 10 starts. Okay, a regular Start. season. This dude's still a young quarterback, considered by yeah. all accounts would be a, hey, let's see if this guy still got it time if he was a top five pick for the San Francisco 49ers. Instead, it's the complete opposite. He knew as a seventh rounder, Mr. Irrelevant, when he got his opportunity, he was going to have to make the absolute most of it to be a professional quarterback for the rest of his life. Unless he wanted a one-way ticket to the XFL, the USFL, or the CFL, he was going to have to make the most of his opportunity as soon as he got it. And he has done exactly Exactly that. From jump, yeah. everybody on the team has been better since he has started for them. That throw right there yeah. is absurd. Third down. Third down in a bucket, 17 yards down the field, over a linebacker, between a safety and a mm. – then he does it again. I mean, yeah. it just, it's nonstop. And then everybody talks about how he can only throw over the middle. His numbers outside the numbers are like the best in the league as well. Everything he does is great. And, oh, yeah, in the backfield <laughs> – Seems to be a machine. This dude's taking big it. shots. Last night, Hankins was stepping on him while standing oh, yeah. up, yeah. putting his thang on him while he was standing up. Extra mushes on top of this guy, and he just bounces up. One time, his neck got twisted, and you saw him do like this like two times. <laughs> and I was like, is this robot about the dysfunction right now? And no, he's right back at it. They can feed Christian McCaffrey yep. into a... Oncoming traffic, yeah. it feels like. He'll take it, stand right back up somehow, and next time he'll jump over all the cars. So you add that into the piece that they have to load the box. Then you put in the factor of the, the scheme with a lot of eye candy, and then you got a quarterback who's seemingly a genius. It's like, how do you stop him? I don't think any of us have a clue. It's tough, man. It got a great recipe right now with the coaching, with the personnel. And then uh, Herb Street mentioned, I think, last time he was on the show about you know, how many snaps he had under his belt coming into the league, you know? Mm -hmm. So he has that, you know, obviously it's not the NFL, but he's been in big games, he's been in big moments, he's had a bunch of third down reads. You know, guy like Trey Lance didn't have that type of experience and a lot of these other guys. So, I mean, the way he's been playing has been incredible. Then complimentary football with defense. And special, so yeah. When, yeah, when he's on the phone, I haven't watched much of the special teams, but shout out. 
handing the ball off to Chris McCaffrey, dumping it they off, matter. keeping the clock. Go- they do matter. They always matter. They show up when they show up. Do you know that? Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Have, have, you. that sentiment. Having that defense uh, be able to rest and then get on the field and kick ass, man, it's a, it's a how do you stop him? AJ, Mike for the Green Bay Packers, all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, love linebacker football. Fred Warner I mean, is hysterical. This dude's a psychopath. He is all over the place. He's bigger, stronger, and faster than you. And he chirps. And he seems to have a bigger brain than you. This dude's playing his best football, or just last night a show. What do we think about Fred Warner being the guy that he is, AJ? <laughs> what do you mean? We've been talking about it for years on what Fred Warner can do. It's awesome to see him do this, especially in a primetime game. It seemed like all of their stars really stepped up when you need him, but that's kind of every game for the 49ers. But man, like, when they just over and over, so many plays they show Fred. Obviously, he's running middle read. Obviously, he's got a he's covering a wide out eighty yards down the field, Brandon forcing a high ball, throwing out of bounds. Like everything he does, it because he is so good and he's so smart in the middle as well. I think it allows the, everything else to open up too. And they just have they have talent everywhere you look, and they play super hard. Like there's no secret to it. Like, they play super hard. You saw that pick. You run to the ball, good things happen. Yep. Boom, it's tip. Ball pops up. Here we go. Fred Warner's there. He had a sack on Dak last night where he jumped and like yeah. he, he <laughs> was like a jungle cat flying <laughs> through the air, and his dreads were just. And I thought about Dak just being like, what? "Why is this my profession?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you see what Fred Warner is doing on every single other. He was everywhere, and that's every game. And he's not the only one on the defensive side. Yeah. They got dudes everywhere. Greenlaw's every, a stud too. The guy next to him, Greenlaw, absolute stud. Hargrave, who they got out from the Eagles, and you got Bosa, and then on the the one deep pick, Hufanga was in his face. Like there, you mentioned. Hey, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Yes, it is. Good for the Niners fans. Yes, it is. Good for the Niners. Lynch. John we need, Lynch, man. yeah, put yeah. a hell of a team yeah. together. Yeah. And also was able to put his pride aside enough yep. on Trey Lance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, this isn't working. Mister mm-hmm. Relevant's working. Yep. <laughs> this guy deserves maybe a chance to grow and develop. We thought he could grow and develop. We can't be the only ones. We'll trade him away. Most GMs aren't doing that. They're no. going down with the ship. Right. They are the Titanic. Hey, we are going to stay on here. The band's going to play. We're going to stay on here. Everybody else can try to do their thing. And Rose is going to say, you know what, Jack? You can die. Exactly. Because I got enough space on this piece of wood, but I need it because I'm getting a cramp in my leg. Yeah. What was that all about? I don't know. Get your ass in the water. I know it's uh, you know negative 75, but you'll be good floating in there for 10 hours. But that's not what Lynch and Shanahan did at all. No. They no. say, hey, what's best for the football team? That seems to be their only thought, and it's paying off for them. Joining us now is a man who had three touchdowns on primetime last night. Yeah, three of them. It's also his birthday. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tight End University, George Kittle. Yeah! Hey, happy birthday to you. All right, we're not doing a whole song. Happy birthday, though, buddy. How old are you? How are we doing? How old are you? 30. Come on, buddy. Last night was a pretty good little birthday start, huh? Three tuds, felt good about it? Hey, three tuddies for each decade of my life. Why not, (laughs) baby? I don't know if you saw the graphic. You got the Randy Moss graphic all of a sudden, you know, because you had three catches, three touchdowns. You didn't have 163 yards, only 67, but who cares? What a night for you on primetime as you turn 30. Why do you think last night was a jump-off night for you offensively? This happened last year where there became a night where you went off. Brock Purdy and you found it, and you went forever. This year, you haven't really had that day yet. Last night, why last night, you think, George? Um, 
you know what? We have a lot of really good football teams, football players on our team. Sorry, my dad. My dad's volume is on. He's driving me to work. Today. Hey, Bruce! Yeah. What's up, man? How are we going? Bruce! Bruce is driving me to work. Ah, let's see. We have a bunch of really good football players on this team, and, um, you know, a lot of mouths to feed, but the good thing about all those mouths is a bunch of really talented players. And so none of us are very selfish. Some guys are going to have great games some games. Some guys are not going to have a lot of catches some games. It just is what it is. Um, so just happy that I had an opportunity to go out there and make those plays and go Shannon dial those up for me. Yeah, he looked awesome. Go ahead, AJ. How early in that game do you know that, hey, this, this could be a big night for me? Is, is it pretty early on? Um, you know what? I really liked our red zone package for me this week. We do those on Fridays. We had a couple in there, and we had like two that we had brought in from uh, last year's playoff game versus them, so I knew we were going to call those. Um, and, you know, when you score a touch on the opening drive, you're like, ah, well, why can't I get at least one more? And then you get another one, you're like, ah, why can't I get another one? And then it just kept happening and happening. So it's just a lot of fun out there with the boys, actually. Yeah, once you take the top off, the ball starts falling in the hoop a little bit more. After uh, a rush touchdown, not even your touchdown, you went over to the crowd and you displayed your undershirt. Now, is that undershirt every game or – just this game, and I, I couldn't read it that clearly. It might have just been sweat stains. Did you know that your shirt had that on underneath your, your jersey, the yeah. F-Dallas? Did you know that? Oh, oh wow. I think that was just on my loop, man. I put it on, you know, just wearing a T-shirt the game. <laughs> I don't know how that got on there. Uh, you know, I might have been mildly inspired by our guy Gary Plummer who wore that in, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a 94 NFC Championship game versus Dallas, so... Um, it just there's some things that um, that need to be worn for the franchise. I just, you know, I think it's just coincidence that I just happened to appear on my chest on uh, Sunday Night Football. Okay, yeah, we thought it would have been a coincidence. Yeah, because yeah, because there was like you sound like you were sneezing a little bit when you're trying to get the shirt up, mm-hmm. you know, and then you had your you had like a cramp where you had to stretch your arm down to make sure that it was really seen. It was crazy all the things that had to happen to make sure that shirt was seen. We appreciate it. Uh, last question for me as you continue to drive to work with your old man. Shout out to your dad, by the way, Hidden Pearls Podcast. Yeah. Shout out to, yeah, shout out, shout out. Yeah. I was very lucky to be a guest on there. Makes me feel better about my life. Speaking of making you feel better about your life, you guys got a quarterback who is phenomenal. I think the whole world's kind of coming around. Still has some haters. Seventh-round draft pick. People are thinking uh, at some point, water's going to have to find its level with him. What does he do every single week that makes you think to yourself, is this the greatest quarterback of all time? He's able to throw. He seems to be smarter than everybody. He's a cool guy. Is there anything that we don't notice that we haven't seen that maybe is a reason why he's so great right now, Kittle? You know, besides the only thing, Kyle Brandt's theory of him being like a robot from Terminator, the only thing you guys really miss is is him charging into his locker before and after every single practice. (laughs) Um, besides that, you know, he's doing a great job. He's just so, he's just so consistent every single Wednesday he's dialed in. And that's like our big install day. First, second down passes, all these run cans, pressure cans, all this stuff to, you know, get the offense in the right, you know, looks. And he does a great job with that throughout walkthroughs, throughout practice. And he never has any MAs and it's an incredibly difficult offense. He does a great job with that. And I, you know, I really just think he had all these starts and all these reps and throughout college, he played at a really high level he played at a low level sometimes but at the end of the day he played quarterback really well and just gave him an opportunity to succeed at this level with us in a system where Shanahan can dial up some plays for a bunch of skill positions who can all eat and it's just when you're part of that offense as long as you don't turn the ball over and you just complete some passes the dogs are going to hunt maybe (laughs) feels like he's one of the boys too accurate 
hey, bird dogs, that boy. <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, it feels like it. He seems like a great leader. I love it. Uh, Darius has a question for you, George. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, the offense, you guys make all the headlines, as you should, a bunch of dogs over there. But that defensive side of the ball, you know, with Robert Salah, Steve Wilkes, Demico Ryans, whoever's calling the shots, they don't miss a beat. What's it like practicing against those guys in training camp? And what's the vibe like with those guys? You know what? They're the worst at training camp, not going to lie. They're just the worst. I love our D-line, though. They're always great. And I will say this also, you know, for having an entire training camp without Nick Bosa wrecking havoc on our offense every play that he's not going against Trent Williams was good for our offense. I think that's one of the reasons that we've been able to click so early is because we were actually able to practice without having every play getting So that's nothing against our offensive tackles. Just that's how good Nick Bosa is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our def- I mean, like, you look at our defensive line. We added Hargrave. He's been phenomenal. Armstead is having a wonderful year, and he's not getting any attention on it at all. But if you watch that tape, he just blows up that interior offensive line every single time. Ken Law is finding his stride. Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa. And then, you, I mean, Fred Warner, Trey Greenlaw, Warren Burks, our linebackers are playing at an incredibly high level. They're violent. They're physical. I mean, AJ, when you're a linebacker playing on Sunday Night Football, is there any better stat line than an interception, a forced fumble, and sack. a sack? No. I'm not saying Fred, I mean, Fred put have, it together at the right time. You could have zero tackles, too. It doesn't matter. You those <laughs> uh, go ahead, AJ. George, is this a normal, like, uh, Victory Monday type deal where your dad drives you to work? And I assume it's, you got to text him to, to pick you up when everything's done? You know, it's my birthday, so my whole family's in town. And uh, uh, my family takes a party bus to the games just because we usually have big crowds in. And so I rode the party bus with my family last night on the way home. Left the car at work, didn't, you know, feel like driving solo. Smart. So just needed a quick ride for my pops. You know, I had to celebrate the the man to Eddie Guerrero's birthday you know, today as well. So, hey. I didn't know you shared a birthday guy. with Eddie Guerrero. I know. Happy birthday, Eddie Guerrero. Thank, la, la viva la raza. Rest in peace, pal. Everybody's paying tribute to Eddie and everything he did. Shout out to you. I did not know. Ah, Ken Energy, huh? When are you getting back in WWE? When are you getting back in WWE? When? Uh, whenever it's available in a city near me, I'll be there every single time. There is no one like the WWE, the way they take care of us athletes. They are fantastic. And I just want to say, Pat, man, your life is so stupid, man. Dumbest. You got to go out there. Just going to go out there and just talk to the great people of Indianapolis, these great Midwest people, having a wonderful time. And then you're going to watch John Cena tag team with L.A. Knight, the yeah. hottest of hot. Oh, my yeah. gosh. George, it was dumb. It was very, very dumb. It was one of the most oh, absurd. Hey, you're going to sit next to Michael Cole, too, and that hating-ass Corey Graves. <laughs> he is a little bit of a hating-ass. Yep. He looked good, though. I don't know if you guys saw how good he looked. Pro- he always looked good. Clean. Proper. Great it, I mean, he was in great. Paul Heyman, two feet in front of me, too, for the entire If we're just going to start adding goats in there. Paul Heyman, have you seen this? I did not know this because I'm in the middle of football season. His hair is white. He looks terrible. He's wearing ill-fitting suits because Roman hasn't been around. Yeah. <laughs> I was out. So funny. I laughed like, so hard. Like, what a hard. professional. That's what I said. I said, bro, is everything okay? He goes, our tribal chief has not been around. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started, I started, like, crying, laughing. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see everybody over there. I love them. And anytime I get the opportunity, to your point, anytime I get the opportunity to do some stuff with WWE, I'm going back. I missed the hell out of them. But I'm not in the middle of a potential goat run here as tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. Your team appears right now to be maybe the most dominant team, not only in the NFL, but in, like, the history. Your guys' end of the season last year, that NFC Championship game, I know it sucks. How much do you think that propelled you guys into this season to be like, hey, 
There's no messing around. There's no fugues. We're on a mission. Do you think that played any part of this, or what do you think about your team yes right no. now? No. I mean, like, it's hard to... I, you know, I hate talking about the NFC Championship game. We lost. Eagles won. It is what it is in circumstances. Everybody got hurt. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is It is what it is. You know, we lost. They won. Uh, you know, if the same thing happened to them, I'm assuming that we probably would have won that game too. It is what it is. But I just think our team as a whole, when you win 12, 12 games straight and then you have something like that happen that's kind of out of your control, it's just like, all right, well, let's just hit the ground running and hit it harder than we did last year. And I think that's what we've done. And I just think that Brock's gotten more comfortable. We've added pieces on defense. And um, it's just fun to also when you have Ayuk, who's just dominated every training camp. He's dominated his uh, chemistry with, with Per Dog. Uh, Debo's Debo. Okay, Christian McCaffrey, I hope that I don't gamble, but I hope that you guys have bet on a touchdown parlay for him for every week for, um, I don't know, three or yep. Yeah, straight. 14 straight weeks, I think, is what it is. So you should probably keep hammering that one home. <laughs> he's also more, then, I don't want to say he's more durable, but this year he's taking a lot of shots and just popping right back up. Is he more jocked than ever right now? Him and Bosa just kind of like, photosynthesize outside in the San Francisco sun. That's just what they do. It's crazy. They me, me and Juice are just sitting there practicing our golf swings, watching, like, working out, hanging out. They're just out there, like, just out there in the sun relaxing. It's amazing. They look amazing. They're playing amazing. Your team is hot. Ty has a question, though. I don't think he's happy. Yeah, George, I don't know if you're aware, but Iowa tight ends had five receiving touchdowns yesterday. And, listen, I know you're one of the founding fathers, but I'll be honest, it, as an Iowa boy, it pained me very much that you decided to go with tight end you instead of Iowa in the uh, introductions last night. Just curious, kind of what spurred that? Uh, what what decision was behind that? Yikes. Was it because you said, "Hey, I don't want to piss Brock off and and you know kind of shit on him, letting him know that he went to the you know the kind of bottom rung school <laughs> in the state"? Obviously, Iowa being the superior program. But uh, what what was behind that decision? Can you just kind of enlighten me a little bit? Well, as one of the founding fathers of tight end university, man, I just want to make sure our message is getting out there that all tight ends are a part of the university. And so I'm just going to be one that's kind of leading the charge, tip of the spear, as you may say. Um, that's all it is. Just letting everybody, all these tight ends know that we're all part of tight end university and you just got to say it with your chest. Yeah. And what tight end university is doing, it feels like, huh? Tight ends roll. Hey, they're uh -huh. going. Hey, going right now. You feel it. Are you kidding me, man? I love watching. We had so many highlights just yesterday. All these tight ends scoring touchdowns, spiking it, celebrating. It's fun too, man. Like I love when tight ends score and they don't have a celebration plan. It's just how many guys can I hug in the end zone? And I just absolutely love that mindset. Just hugs and spikes, baby. That's what tight good, ends good do. Ball. That's what tight ends do. Tone has a question for you. George, I think I saw Was there some worry, speaking of tight ends, when you saw the Lions run the reverse flea flicker pass? down the sideline was there some worry did you know that you guys were going to run that last night yeah so like we've had it installed since like week eight of last year we just never called it and i was sitting there it's like huh i'm watching the porta play actually i'm sitting there with my agent who's also sam's agent he goes oh look sam just had his second touch i'm like yeah we have that play in tonight i hope we still call it because <laughs> you know like sometimes coaches see stuff like oh well, we can't call that now because they called that and i was very thankful that we did call it. and i think i had like three more yards on it but Sam had a, I mean, what a day for that guy. What a rookie. Just, ball, just balling out. Uh, nine more feet, I think. So. You know, if you think. 
<laughs> I do appreciate the fact that that can get ruined. That happens like fake punts and stuff like that. You yeah. see it run one time by another team. It's like, all right, now every team is going to prepare for that, throw it out. Such a good play. And I also like the fact that you're like, people are telling us that we stole that from the Lions. Please, okay? Week eight last year. Mm -hmm. Had that thing in for a while. We ain't doing that. Although, Ben Johnson over there uh -huh. is a creative guru. He's thinking like Kyle Shanahan. Okay, here's a question. Kyle Shanahan, every day, is he just thinking of new plays, awesome plays? What's he like on a day-to-day, -day, and why do you think his offense has been so effective? Because this is what people are saying. The people that hate Brock Purdy say any quarterback you put in Kyle Shanahan's offense, it'll work with those weapons. Now, there's a quarterback that's on the other team last night. Don't even have to talk about it. But that's how people talk about Shanahan's offense. Do you guys recognize that? And why do you think Shanahan is so good at designing plays for your team to succeed with? Um, well, I will say it's like being a part of Kyle's offense for the last seven years, it has evolved and changed drastically. Um, like there are similarities. We run outside zone. We run gap scheme. We run play action. But, like, the majority of plays that we used to call, we don't really call them anymore. We call, like, uh, I would say, like, variations of them. But the creativeness to them is just – it's it's changed a lot. And what, to people that think any quarterback can play in this offense, you guys should see our installs and the things that quarterbacks have to deal with every single day when they look at these things. And, Kyle, I, we play have a Sunday night game, and I get, like, six texts from my tight ends coach saying, hey, we just added six plays on for the game tonight at, like, noon. I'm just like, oh, hey, I wouldn't get to practice these, but I'm glad that, you know, we have these in – Yes, I may have ran these three to four weeks ago, but would have loved to practice them. And just for Brock to be able to handle that, look at that call sheet, handle however many plays it is, feels like 250 plays, and then go out there and not think and just play ball. Not everybody can do that. There's a lot of guys that go out there and they think about things. They think about the lights. They think about, oh, wow, they have a really good defense. Oh, maybe I'm not this good. Maybe I can't do this. Brock just goes out there and plays football. And that is something, and that is an ability that not everybody in the NFL has. And that's what makes him better than just a system quarterback. I mean, I was a system tight end for a while until I just had to continue to play at a high level. But, you know, I think I think all the hate really comes from just being in an Iowa State cycle. I think that's what it is. It's your well so said. Yeah, well, Iowa State <laughs> certainly has not had a lot of good things said about it on this program because Ty is as obnoxious as you could be as an Iowa Hawkeye fan. <laughs> but you just said something fascinating there that doesn't happen on a regular basis. Adding plays late in the week. A lot of people just, Wednesday, here's what we're doing. Thursday, here's what we're doing. Friday, we're working on everything we just worked on. Walk through what we just worked on. Kyle, you have to have a certain type of player to be able to handle that. Not just a quarterback, but everywhere. John Lynch deserves some credit, I guess, for finding all you freaks. I guess that is. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, our Kyle's changing plays um, and, like, we'll have our whole install on Wednesday, first and second down pass plays, first and second down runs. And then we'll add some more. So then Thursdays are our third downs and our short yardage stuff. And then we'll add some more in or we'll change some stuff that he didn't like. And then Friday's kind of a little bit mix of that too. We have like this big run tape with the whole offense where he kind of talks about the run plays that he likes, what he doesn't like, what he's going to add, what he's going to change. And like the like the core part of the insult stays the same, but there's just little ones that he throws in there. And then like he made up a play last night in the middle of the third quarter, just made it up. He goes, hey, this is what we're going to call. And I was like, Awesome. Incomplete pass. Wasn't a great idea. <laughs> they're, they're not all home runs, but it is what it is. He's trying out there, and I just appreciate that. But when you have weapons like we have, Kyle just does such a great job about putting our best players in positions to succeed. Whether it's Debo on an end cut, me running down the sideline, IU getting a one-on-one -on -one matchup versus a corner, Christian getting a late 
get Christian in a late choice route, like against a linebacker. That's all it is. He's putting us in positions to succeed. And Brock has to piece it all apart. Go ahead, AJ. George, when we watch your offense play, a lot of people always say, oh, yeah, why doesn't every team do all this? And I'm talking of, like, of your pre-snap motions, shifts, like all the little jet motions, whatever it does to get the defense kind of on their heels. Can you talk a little bit about how much you guys actually have to work on that? Because it's not like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to be one of those teams that all of a sudden does all the pre-snap stuff. Like you have to do that millions of times, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like that's one of the things, the, like the variations, how this offense has evolved. It's just like it used just to be uh... – a motion pre-snap the wide is going to go over here just to get it you know from a two by two to a three by one then we started doing all like i don't know we call them plain motions delta motions with the wide receivers just running behind to make it look like a jet sweep and then you have the cheat motions like what tyreek uh doesn't with the dolphins we do it here now we added our spirit spirit bros motions that's when me and juice are running sideways sideways spirit helping bros. each other out <laughs> you guys spirit doing, bros airlines you, you got, you got, oh spirit airlines got it not spirit i thought spirit like excitement you're saying spirit airlines got spirit, it spirit well no so like all the motions they're planes right so spirit delta mm. oh yeah you have to make it make sense because there's a lot of stuff going on and so like there are is a lot of practice and stuff in that you you have to get through all the walkthroughs because every single play like I don't know, 80% of our plays have motions or different things on it. And so just being in the system for a while, and then Kyle's gotten better at installing that and explaining it to guys. So we have younger guys may be able to pick it up. And when you can do all that stuff, you take like a three, you can come out in a three by one. I can motion. Then we can send a wide receiver in a motion right pre-snap. And then Juice can also motion. And all of a sudden it's a three by one on the opposite side. And the defense is talking, trying to make all these adjustments. And she's like, oh, wait, I have this guy. Wait, no, you have this guy. And someone's running on the seam scot-free. And the ball's being snapped right now. And uh, the quarterback just so happens to be a guy who can decipher all of your mess-ups that are happening in real time. That is a weapon. Yeah, you guys are having a good time over there, it appears. Yeah, as you should. Last question here, and we can't thank you enough for your time on your birthday here. Connor, man. Yeah, George, you probably don't know this, but most NFL teams try and get better every week. Uh, And with the 49ers, it just feels like there's no area of your team where you can get better. How do you guys actually go into every single game week and think, like, we got to change this, we got to change that? And then with all these dominant wins, do you and Trent Williams and McCaffrey and Bosa still do your post-game break? downs of what they were doing or do you guys just say yeah there's nothing to talk about we just beat the hell out of that team let's go home and have some fun um you know what watching the tape this was actually i watched it last night and in my opinion one of our cleanest games in the run game which makes me really happy um i thought we were flying around use check had a phenomenal game our off the tackles were playing well um but you still see stuff like we install plays for them to be home runs especially when you have a guy carrying the ball like christian mccaffrey or Deebo samuel and so we want these outside zone plays. We want these gap schemes. We want to be able to account for everybody to get our, our footwork right, our hand placement right, our technique right on rollouts, you know, good on the inside shirt. So, like, we want to – we're going to continue to get better at that stuff so that you see more 50, 60, 70-yard runs from our guys in the backfield just because of how talented they are. And also, like, when you watch Star Tape, I don't know how many other teams have wide receivers blocking downfield oh, with the aggression. 30 yards, 40 yards down the field, George. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a mindset, and the boys have it, and it's fun to play with. Hell, yeah. Well, you're fun to chit-chat with and watch play football. Three tuds last night just turned 30? Fuck, yeah, I did. <laughs> you <Jeez>. see? <laughs> sure, so oh. close. Oh. Yeah. Shoot. We knew one was coming, yeah, George. Yeah, we did. Okay. My bad, guys. We knew it's your birthday. Okay, love <laughs> 
Do you want another? Three tuts last night. You want a couple more? You want a couple? No, no, no. I want AJ to say it for me. Yes. First birthday, Go AJ. Go ahead, AJ. No, I'm good, George. I'm good. Oh, oh, you, know that is, that, you know what? That's the least surprising thing coming from an Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah. So just <laughs> all squishy. Yeah, goodness you, gracious. Hey, enjoy oh, your birthday. Enjoy work. We don't know how you guys are going to get better, but we can't wait to see how you do. Uh, you're the man, and it, we can't thank you enough for your time here, pal. Hey, what? Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Love George you, guys. You, boys. you too, buddy. Hey, George. He texted me before the show. Did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. He said, so will I be on in the time where I'm allowed to? And uh, he said, what are the odds? I said, I said, well, it's your birthday. So I assume 100% chance that you're going to say one. Almost got through the entire combo there because he was with his dad too, I think. So yeah, maybe, yeah. Right. you know, maybe. Don't do it. Don't do maybe it. Maybe something. His dad legend, by the way. Dog legend. This guy is legend. Got to talk to him for like hour 15 minutes for their podcast, Hidden Pearls podcast. Great questions. He just did some uh, triathlon thing. Like, the family is filled with, I think he's former offensive lineman too, which is why George Kittle loves this part (laughs) of the game, you know, when he's moving bodies. I enjoy that team, AJ, and I like the fact that you said, I don't care it's your birthday. (laughs) I'm not saying it. I like that, AJ. Yeah, well, you know. Whatever, it's fine. He, um, what? I don't know about the rest of the squad though. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the team talking football. I get worried when a team is hitting, is playing too well, too early, which is a dumb thing to worry about. But I'm always thinking, okay, we need to peak at the at the perfect moment. Well, that's been something that has been said around the NFL in every single building. It's like, hey, we're working towards our best football, which is the end of the season, because the end of the season is when we're going to need our best football. And the teams that end up winning are playing their best and also most healthy at the end of the season as opposed to right now. So it's like I wonder if they're anywhere near their peak at this point. But if they do continue to climb, like most teams, it's like, what can this team they gotta, become? They got to be so motivated, though, because of you hear about, like, Super Bowl hangover. But you know how their season ended last year with Purdy going down and just having that sour taste in their mouth. They know they had the team and go and win it all. So they got to be motivated by that. So I'm, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, you heard him get uncomfortable whenever I asked about the NFC Championship game. Yeah. He, oh, he yeah. like, still yes. got uncomfortable. Very good. I would assume we would have won if Philadelphia went through the same stuff that we went through in the middle right, of that yep. game. That wasn't him taking any shots at anybody. He was just reality of the situation. He didn't have a quarterback, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> couldn't throw, couldn't attempt a forward pass yep. in the NFC Championship game. What a nightmare. And it all came just, boom, boom, boom. Fred, dislocated shoulder. Uh, Tommy Yawn needed for your starting quarterback. Yep. Backup quarterback get concussion. Also, Bosa get hurt. It's, mm-hmm. it's like... Football God said, fun run, huh? Fun. Mr. Irrelevant is going to be your guy. You guys are going to be the hottest team. Boom. I don't think so. Literally out of nowhere, they were the hottest team. Now, Philadelphia obviously would say they were the hottest team as well. But all of us were watching the Niners thinking they were unstoppable through the second half of that season. They got hotter. They got better. They continued to climb. Now they've just started the season in the same exact way. And it's almost... We're a little, we sound like a little bit of pessimists, don't we? Well, that we're, we're even wondering. No. You know, like I feel I don't like think a pessimist. A, I don't think it's pessimist. I, I'm thinking of being in that locker room. You know how we, everyone speaks on, oh, you guys are unbelievable. How can you get better? You're already, you're so, so good. I would assume, like, like all great coaches, handling success is much tougher than handling, you know, adversity when you lose. It's, it's kind of easy. It kind of coaches, doesn't coach itself, but guys are kind of self motivated wanting to get out of that hole when everything's going great. That's the key. And, that's what it seems like, though. They have all these guys that are highly, highly motivated. And Shanahan's going to be in there de-recruiting them every single day, letting them know, hey, we have a lot of room to grow. They don't need to worry. Sometimes what we think is going to happen in the preseason 
happens. It's going to be Niners. It's going to be Eagles. No disrespect to the Lions. They're definitely number three, but they're not the they're not the Niners and they're not the Eagles. That's going to be the NFC Championship again, and they'll get their chance again. Yeah, but what do we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, though? They stink at all. Now going into the season, we thought yeah, go football. They, we yeah. thought they were going to be good football. Three and two right now, leading yeah. the AFC North. Yes, yeah. is leading the AFC North not a good football team? Yeah, a great football team. Right? Yeah. Yeah, especially when you think about what people are saying about the AFC North. Someone said, I think it was a uh, post on X or a tweet on X, AFC North is kind of like the ghetto of the NFL, essentially. <laughs> what is your problem? That's, That's what, they, what said. they said. That's what they said. Who's it, they? It's just, Who's it's, they? It's hard football. I, I don't know. Who I don't know if we have fact checks around <laughs> here. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tweet on X. I, I'm just saying. I saw it. it I was like, yeah, I guess said so. the hood. They said the hood let's of that. Pivot away from, <laughs> let's pivot away from the AFC North football, but let's stay in one of those cities. Pittsburgh Penguins, mm. okay, are the greatest hockey program in the history of hockey. Oh, well, yeah. hold on. Okay. No, that's true. That's it's not is, true. It is it hockey is time. Okay, there's a hockey town in Detroit, Michigan, and maybe they'll be back someday. But the hockey time is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And tomorrow, they get a chance to be the primetime main feature of opening night really? for the NHL. Ooh. You know the they're playing against? Who's that? Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks. You know who's on the Chicago Blackhawks? I do. Who's that? Allegedly the next one. Oh, yeah. oh wow. The guy. And in preseason hockey, it oh, appears yeah. as if the next one is, yeah. <laughs> is slated properly. Joining us now is that man, 18-year-old, from North Vancouver, Canada, Connor Bedard. Yeah, Connor! What's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, listen, you said to hear a lot of stuff about you. I'm sure that was uncomfortable, especially for you hockey players that hate compliments and don't talk publicly ever. The pressure, though, has been on you for a while to be the next face of an organization. Now that you're getting to experience it, you got through preseason, you're traveling to take on Pittsburgh in primetime. How do you feel as an NHLer and as a main name in the biggest league in the world? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, but no for me, kind of all that outside noise or whatever, it's not something I'm uh, thinking about too much. I mean, uh, you know, I just want to play hockey. And, um, you know, it's been so much fun this past month going through training camp and getting to be in Chicago. And, of course, uh, getting to go to Pittsburgh and uh, be in their home opener and, and uh, kind of experience that. So it's just exciting, and I'm trying to kind of take it all in. Hell, yeah. Enjoy it all. AJ has a question for you. Has it been kind of what you expected so far this last month? We know you've been playing very well in the preseason. I, I assume you you plan on kind of keeping that up for the regular season, but what's that whole experience been like? Yeah, it's been a lot of learning and um, kind of, you know, obviously this is the highest level in the world. And, uh, you know, you're going to have your kind of adjustment period. And, um, you know, I think getting to play some preseason and stuff is, is always good just to have a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's been, oh, been so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of get going here. Is hockey a sport where you, you know if you'll be able to transition against the adults and people that are putting, you know, food on the table? Like, in pre it's preseason. We know. We just showed one dangle from you there. Uh, just absolutely, that was in abundance. If you got to, you are filthy with your. It, did you know that it was going to work against adults? Was that ever a worry, or has it just kind of how you vote? Ah, see ya. Thank you, cook. Good night. Anyway, has it always been that way? And was there ever a conversation about what it might look like against full-grown adults? Uh, yeah, I mean, I still haven't played an actual NHL game, of course. Um, so you still. 
are trying to prove that. And uh, for myself, I think it's just being confident uh, when I'm out there. But, you know, I got to respect these guys. Like I said, it's, it's the best player, players in the world. And um, But just going out there, kind of, you know, trying to play my game and, you know, learn what I can do, what I can't do. And, uh, yeah, just, just having fun with it along the way. When did you start playing hockey? When I was four or five years old. So, um, yeah, 13, 14 years ago. This was the only game plan for life? Uh, yeah, just right when I started is, you know, I was lucky to kind of find that passion and I played a bit of soccer growing up and stuff, but nothing ever really clicked to me like, uh, like hockey did. How has it been being the face of a franchise? I know AJ talked about it a little bit, but this is obviously different. In Canada, hockey is what you do. And I think what? Curling, right? You go, yeah, that. even though we're the, no, yeah. I think we're the chomps yeah. and lacrosse. Oh, lacrosse, big in Canada I as well? I believe it's the national sport. Really? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. All I remember is like Mario Lemieux's family iced out his living room yeah. Oh, yeah. so he could skate around in there. Obviously, Sydney has stories of being there. You're supposed to be this guy. But you say you just try to stay singular focused. How do you do that? Do you just try to do you isolate yourself? Are you only hockey all the time? How do you remain a normal human while having all this pressure of being the next guy for your entire country's sport pretty much? Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously sometimes you're going to hear something and I think if you kind of look at it from the outside, it is, you know, pressure and stuff. But for me, you know, I'm just doing what I love and I don't really, you know, from when I was six years old to, to now, it's just kind of, that's the same mindset as, you know, I feel fortunate to get to go to the rink every day. And, um, yeah, I've just never really wanted to not be in that situation and to get to, you know, kind of start here and. You know, I'm living out a dream right now, so that's more what I focus on than maybe the expectations or the comparisons or anything like that. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Connor, how would you describe your, your feelings going into game one? And in game one, you get to go against Sid and Gino, Gino who have been two of the best centers over the last decade and a half. What are, you, how are, your, what are your thoughts going into that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. I think these last few days of seem to have been you know maybe taking a little longer just leading up you you want it to get going so bad but uh, yeah like you said there with you know Sid Malkin uh Latang Carlson like you can go you can go down the list and uh it's, it's pretty special to get that for for our opening night and um yeah just just so excited and you know I'm sure there'll be some nerves but uh just gonna try to you know take it all in and you know, once the game starts, of course, you're just trying to win and uh, be the best you can. Darius has a question for you, Connor. Yeah, Connor, coming up, uh, was there any players that you modeled your game after on the ice? Um, I don't know. Probably not one specific guy. Just I watched a lot of hockey. Sidney Crosby is actually my favorite player, so um, I watched him a lot and uh, just a lot of guys and try to take take little things away from from different guys and um, you know everyone's so skilled everyone has the, the thing they're best at so just try to learn learn as much as I can hockey community very tight do they give you a lot of game like how long have you been chatting with those guys and getting tips from them as they've been in the league yeah I, I got to meet a lot of them when I was 15 16 I was pretty pretty fortunate for that uh, I met Crosby when I was 17 and yeah so I think you you see these guys at events or camps or whatever and yeah, hockey community is super tight. So even getting you know messages after the draft or something, I've been pretty fortunate and uh, just you know they all seem like you know class acts and, and just really good people. Yeah, anything to help the next generation. I assume they're all in hockey has a beautiful tight community, except for you know when the goons are out. That's right. Yeah. When the goons are out doing their thing. It gets a little ugly. AJ, go ahead, pal. 
Uh, we hear people talk about, like, in the sport of football, when people may have, be a little anxious or nervous or whatever to start up a game, they want to get in and get a maybe a good pop on somebody or even get hit themselves and kind of settles them into the game. Is that similar in hockey, and how do you feel like what gets you into the game? You, you have to get the puck and, and score, or you, you want to hit somebody or get hit? What is it? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, once the game starts, you're usually, you know, into it, but I think kind of taking a hit, even for me, I'm not the biggest hitter or anything, and uh, tomorrow night, I don't think I'll be uh, trying to run anyone, but uh, just kind of, you know, get contact or making a play or, you know, just feeling the puck and then, you know, just feeling good about yourself, your first shift, so that's big, just kind of, you know, leading on to the rest of the game. Hey, watch yourself tomorrow night. You know, I don't want to even give you this heads up. I'm sure the boys have told you. Iceberg. The penguins mascot, yeah. pull. He's distracting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're saying you got a great shot. Wait till Iceberg's penguin ass is bouncing in the back through that glass, Connor. Welcome to the NHL. That's going to be your moment. I think. Tommy Hawk will take him out. No, Tommy Hawk ain't going to be there. Tommy Hawk will take Tommy him out. Tommy Hawk ain't going to be there. Okay. Uh-huh. Iceberg's got his whole problem going on. Uh, Ty has a question about your life. <laughs> yeah, Connor. Just curious. Of all the hockey guys we've had on, they you know they like to talk a lot about the camaraderie in the room, and and you know boys tend to have a, a bit of a runaway every once in a while getting boozed up on the road, going to dinners and stuff like that. How are you going to kind of, you know, like enmesh yourself to the team and get along with these guys when you can't drink for another like three years? Like how how does that, Uh, how does that work out? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, more life than, you know, just the guys drinking or whatever. I don't know. He just called you an alcoholic. Hey, you alcoholic. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but you like we're in the room together every day, and uh, the guys have been been so great to to myself and all the young guys. So I feel really, you know, connected in the room, and and the camaraderie's been great so far. And uh, yeah, just our team's mindset in general seems seems really good. So um, we've been pretty fortunate to have the guys we do around the room make us feel uh, comfortable. That guy b- starts boozing at like noon every day. That guy just asked uh, you that only question. on the weekends and. <laughs> Friday sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and maybe a Tuesday slips in. I don't envy him, though. I'd love a nice Shirley Temple at a good restaurant. You kidding me? Nothing beats that. (laughs) High-end grenadine. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Connor. Yeah, Connor, obviously you live a much different life at 18. I mean, I was smoking cigs and kind of just sitting on my ass, and now you're a professional (laughs) hockey player. But what else do you do in your life? Is it all hockey all the time? Do you really have any free time just to, you know, sit back and chill, or are you – pretty much hockey 24 7 trying to go win the stanley cup um yeah i mean the majority of my life is hockey or in the gym or whatever but uh if i'm getting away i like to maybe play some other sport or just kind of hang out with friends and family and stuff nothing really too crazy but uh of course sometimes you're you're away from the game and and doing some other stuff what are you like game gamer you game a little bit we we no no i uh I like to play like other sports, like I said, and uh, you know maybe golf or yeah. got into pickleball a bit this uh, couple Whoa. summers ago, which I find pretty fun. How are you at uh, golf? Hockey players normally a natural transition to golf. I assume you're yeah. pretty filthy. No, I'm not. I'm like okay, not not that good, but I, I don't really play enough to be very good. But um, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, in the summer, I think basically every hockey player would tell you that they uh, like to play golf sometimes. So Ovi has how many goals? Forty five thousand goals, yep. mm-hmm. something like that. Obviously, <laughs> he's uh, absurd. And I've gotten a chance through social media to see like 
his driveway in the back. He has a net set up, and then he has a place where he practices, like in basements, that whole thing. People talk about your shot maybe being the best in the league already as an 18-year-old. Do you just all day, are we working that? How, how do you think we've got to this point? And do you have a net in your living room as an 18-year-old where you're just firing pucks all day every day? Um, yeah, I, I got a really good setup in my backyard uh, to shoot pucks. And, you know, I had uh, one of my neighbors actually built it. And when I was 12 or 13, I was I used to shoot in the front, but then I, I broke a couple windows on the house, so needed a uh, better area for it. So, uh, yeah, I got a really sweet setup in the back and spent a lot of time out there in the summers for sure. Your shot's filthy. We can't wait to watch it. Good luck tomorrow against the Penguins and the Iceberg. iceberg. Listen, he's going to be on the ice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do not let him distract you in your opening night. The NHL thanks you for joining hockey as a whole. So do we. You're going to be electrifying, and we appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Chicago Blackhawks, Connor Bedore. Hell yeah! Hey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank you, pal. Safe travels. Hey, they're saying he's... Oh, yeah. Next one, Like, you know, McJesus, right? McJesus was doing this run, but he was up in Canada, so nobody really saw it. This dude's in Chicago. Bingo. Okay? That's a big, big market. Big. Actually, it's a hockey market as well, if they were ever good, and got past all the... Yeah, right. I all mean, that uh, stuff. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, 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 he got past it. <laughs> he got past it. But anyways, he plays an electrifying style, and his shot is filthy, I guess. Yeah. Like he is... Th- he's sniping. We're talking about not only shaking, but also sniping. He's what the NHL needs. Oh, yeah. I'm very appreciative of him coming on the program. There's a story about him, like, breaking his wrists when he was super young. So he could only use – and he continued to play, obviously. So he could only, like, shoot with one arm basically on the the ice. So once his – uh, wrist recovered. That's why his release is so ridiculously fast because his like the top hand wrist is so strong. Yeah, I don't. Let's pivot back to football. Schefter just sent me a message saying he didn't say we think he's going to play. Just want to be clear there. Set uncertainty with him. I guess we put out something. Did uh, we post something from the Schefter? He did say Aaron. He thought Aaron Jones was going to play. Okay, so uh, he said uh, didn't say we think he's going to play. Just want to be clear there. Said uncertainty with him. Okay, oh, so, so I don't know. Bye week next week. Okay, so My we bad. don't. No, not your. Hey, Gumpy. Hey, Gumpy had a long weekend. Anytime I'm on a microphone, <laughs> yeah. Gumpy's clipping and posting. Gumpy, don't. Hey, don't you worry, Gump. Come on, Gump. Maybe send a Schefter. My bad, but like, for, don't you ever apologize to me, pal? You fresh out of Canada, right onto the internet. Schefter did have some news for us about all these tests that are getting. Uh, uh, happening today. We're at that time where, you know, buys are happening, but also teams start losing guys. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't love this sure. at all, but I'm very thankful that we started through that Travis Kelsey injury, and it's only a low ankle sprain. Now, they have a short week, obviously having to play in a few days, but that, I thought, looked a little bit worse. Yes, the second scare this year. Yeah, because... Uh, Knee or whatever uh, in practice. The bone bruise, yeah. and then he came back twerking. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, oh, he yeah. did like the fake limp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because they were watching. Can he walk? How's the bone bruise? He's 34 years he, old. Tell you what, they are lucky he didn't get hurt when she wasn't there. What's that? What? What'd you say? That's a good point. Yeah. He's not wrong. What's that? They're oh, Tony, you want to turn the show into a Taylor Swift talking show? No, I'm just saying. Because you've been the loudest. Yeah, yeah, on, Tony. He's been the biggest distraction of anyone I know. Yeah, what's that? What's, I'm, you want to talk about? Bring it up. If what are you saying? If he would have got hurt and she wasn't there, there would have been a lot of noise. I don't think she was there. Yeah, I if she me. was, you mean? You're saying if she was there. No, no, no. 
No, he's saying if he got, if he got hurt, hurt like because she wasn't there, boom. like it would have been her fault because she wasn't there that he would have got hurt. Oh, because the Taylor Swift aura Correct. was not in the building. Exactly, oh. and with where they are, that's just a part of his. Like aura if the now. Chiefs would have lost and he would have got hurt because she wasn't there, boy, oh boy, what are they? You're saying like the yin yan, yeah, like the yin yan thing, because the yan can only work if the yin's there. Exactly. If not, it's just a nine. Bingo. You know was, I mean? was Mama Kelsey there? I think, oh, I I think Donna so. was there. Yeah, Donna's supporting. Oh, that's okay. She's got the same aura as T Swift. So. Okay. Real well, healing. maybe. Well, yeah. There's an interview on the Today they were Show. We're not happy people, with her. Yeah. Yeah. People didn't think that Donna and T Swift were. I was talking you know, to some Swifties this what? week, and they were saying Donna was throwing some shade at Taylor. Yeah. What? Donna was on Today. No. Yeah. She, no. Donna's I'm a mom from how, Ohio. Yeah. Listen. You, that's what they're saying. That's what the Swifties are saying. She just yeah, didn't want to comment on the situation. That was all. Donna's a mama from Ohio. Yeah. Okay. She might speak a little bit differently than some other people. The way she says her stuff. Donna's happy her son's in love. That's right. Of course. That's why people were kind of deciphering what she was saying. They said, how was it being with T. Swift and hanging okay. out? And she just said it was okay. And she said corn dog, ketchup, ranch, possibly. Yeah. Like, what See, we, if she did say that. Sir. Yeah, what is going on? Yeah, what did I, expect I don't know. what. No, the, no. This is this guy. No, no, That's no. this guy's problem. This he brought this up just so he could say this. <laughs> you think she's going to give them the real meat and potatoes? Like, yeah, we were discussing grandchildren names, okay? Like, uh, what? is that just for public consumption all of a sudden? I don't think so. I will say, we did miss Taylor at that game. I yeah. was pretty bummed. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I want a nice reaction. Full transparency. It would have been cool to see how she reacted. To him getting hurt. When her hubby got hurt. And then him coming back out. <laughs> yep. Yes. Then wanting to go on the field. And then yep. her, you know, scoring a touchdown. Oh, after, after that? Come on. Oh, the song about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she might have, I mean, she might have just. Suited up there and started doing a concert halfway through the. And I think if I know anything about Taylor Swift now, mm -hmm. which I am, I've watched the doc, mm -hmm. so I have mad respect. I think anybody that hates on her too should watch the doc. Check it out. Probably have a lot more respect for everything. She's not just some puppet. No, no she, no, no, she no, no. is the driving no. force. She's a country behind it all. You know what I mean? She is that whole thing. Um, she does have a good time everywhere she is. Yes. Does award shows. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She's having a good time. Vibing. She's in there. Mm -hmm. At the football game, she was in the game. She is where her feet are. Bingo. She's very mindful. Boom. She's very, very mindful. So I did miss that because the roller coaster of the ankle, high ankle, is that a foot? I thought it was maybe his foot, like a Liz Frank. That's what they well, said they right went off back. the bat. Yeah, I was worried when I, when I saw the initial play live, I was worried, like, oh, it looked like a non-football type thing. But then the replay made me feel better because you saw his foot, you saw his ankle roll a little bit. Right there, I was worried. Then you saw the replay, I'm like, okay, good. It looks like an ankle roll, not an Achilles pop. Guy punched the ball out. He said, what? <laughs> yeah, what? He said, I'm punching this person. And then, no, it's for the ball, right? And then punches the guy. Anyways. That, that, that was a good sign, though, him jogging off. Yeah, it wasn't was, Achilles Yeah, then he, when he slammed he, the helmet, there. though, that's when I was like, oh, because usually that's, that's a sign, like, Bad. All right. Well, overreaction Monday here on ESPN ends, but it shall continue on YouTube and ESPN Plus. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this glorious day. Tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday and reaction to the Raiders and the Packers playing tonight on ABC and ESPN. You are the greatest humans on earth. Thanks for watching. We will see you manana. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Goodbye. Nailed it. Right on screen. Go. Go. With a salute. Dude. Love that. With a salute. With a salute. Yeah, we're looking for a hockey stick. Mid-talking to Connor Bedard. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting little booking. We didn't know when he was going to come on, if he was going to come on. We actually thought on uh, Friday, or maybe even Saturday, 
Should we go to Pittsburgh for tomorrow? Because the Pittsburgh Penguins are primetime NHL mm-hmm. puck drop? Yeah, kickoff. It's not off. a kickoff. Oh, yeah, true. What is it? What do you go? What's the clever yeah, drop the puck? Drop the puck. Puck no, drop. First night champs? of the NHL season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Champs don't get the. Oh. Yeah, I don't get that either, but I think they play later. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I think they play at 10 o'clock. It starts yeah, we're at, at 8. Yeah. Just, oh, it's 5.30. I don't care who 10. wins. Sid is always primetime. Bingo. Well, Sidney Crosby. About that. And he's fighting people now, too. Yeah. Already in preseason, Sid Crosby's fighting we, people. Yeah. That's the tone we're setting to the rest of the NHL. Yeah. It's preseason. We don't care. Sidney Crosby will fight you. That's the type of tone <laughs> that the Penguins are. Connor Bedard needs to watch it because Iceberg's going to be doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Iceberg does it. That Penguin, fluffy, furry, yeah. looks like it's fun, waddling, skating. It's not. It's a demon. Yep. Because when you go into Pittsburgh, PPG Paints Arena, you're going to have a long night. With that being said, Sid's fighting. He's scrappy. Oh, yeah. yeah. From jump. It's yeah. not just in the middle of the season when the Set team's the playing like shit and they don't have a goon and nobody's protecting them and he's fighting people. He's doing it from jump. And that's that's a problem for Did the, he have any help during that fight at all? What's yeah. that? Maybe Fun? any other no, tough guys? Wow. Strong guys? <laughs> Funny big enough. guys? Anything? No, no just say it out there? Yeah, no. He that's interesting. No, Sid told he, him he before the game, guy. let me do this on my own, boys. Well, that's kind of the whole story of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, it's only Sid. Everyone seat. else stinks. It is. Yeah, and now you're all a bunch of old geezers, too. Boom! We don't need some goon from Detroit telling us we stink, okay? You haven't sniffed the playoffs in 20 years. This is the year. And we got dogs. Anyways, don't love that Sidney Crosby's fighting in preseason. Yeah, he was the one that had to stand up for his guy that got rocked. Like, is there really no one else that can come in and what do are this? Talking about could this be a cool, cool passing of the torch moment though. If like he sees you know this interview and says to Connor tomorrow night, like, "Hey, I heard you're my favorite player," and then just beats the shit out of him. He's like, "Welcome to the league, kid." Oh, that would be awesome. Sick. Sid will slash him. He'll slash him right in the yeah. wrist. I don't know if Connor will, though. You know, Connor's not – I'm not going to run at anybody or right, whatever. No, he's a hockey player. I don't know if Chicago will let Connor become what Sidney has become. Yeah. Well, Sidney Grosby, he's our tough guy. Yeah. He's our goon. Yeah. He is our best player, arguably top five all time. Yep. And he's also our goon at this stage. Now, some would say that's roster-building malpractice. <laughs> Some would. Some would. <laughs> so some would. Can you explain this to me in football terms? Is it like the quarterback been the goon? Yes, bingo. bingo. So Jeez. like you know when Shador Sanders yeah. went down and got in that guy's face after he hit Travis Hunter and nobody else did, you start to think to yourself, uh, that's not good. That the quarterback was the first guy yep. down there. That happens in uh, yeah for the Pens that has seemed to happen over the last couple of years. Quarterback Sidney Crosby also has to fight his own fights and other people's fights. Which is not necessarily great, Ridiculous. but he's good at it. Yeah, and if he Sid played scrub- for Coach Prom, he'd have an L and a D on exactly. his jersey because he's a leader and a dog. That's right. We've never talked to him, though, because the Pittsburgh Penguins PR people are oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for protecting him. <laughs> yeah. Gotta protect well, him. Thank you. The NHL's got to be happy that we're even mentioning that the NHL's a thing before March. So Well, so that was actually something that was written about uh, because last week something happened with the NHL. Obviously, we knew about yeah mm-hmm. something. It was big. We were talking something about real it. I remember, huge. Yeah, I remember. Fighting yeah. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, it was something, but was uh, nobody on ESPN mentioned it. Not uh-huh. as if Greeny didn't mention it. First Take didn't mention it. What? We didn't mention it. I guess it wasn't until like 4 p.m. or something like that. The NHL was even mentioned at all. And somebody wrote about how the relationship, blah, 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 blah. We would like to let everybody know that we will certainly talk about the NHL. Love yes. it. 
mostly when the playoffs in due time. When after the Super Bowl. If the Pittsburgh Penguins are good early, you will find yeah. that yeah. we will be talking about the Penguins if and the NHL as a whole. Right. And it'll be a pretty similar conversation every single time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it will be. But we are an NHL show. That needs to be known. We appreciate the Nhl Yeah. We all it. come from NHL towns, most of us. Yeah. Damn which right. is good. Yeah. Speak. South Florida is not Oh yeah. No. We are in NFL <laughs> no. They are now. Buddy. They are now though. Damn right. Yeah. Speaking of, can I have my jersey back? Uh, is there any chance, or should we just is that just stay <laughs> there for yeah. zoom out and see that thing? People don't there even we know. Go. We had the NHL and literally our opening. I don't even know if that gets. I think that gets cropped out of the opening it, shot. It, no, God. it's in there. Okay, good. Well, Poston and the boys had such a good regular season last year. They did. Yes. So good. Best of all time. And now that the new one's here, can I please have my jersey back? Yeah, we can take it down. Okay. You know, but it, it was such a good regular season. It was like. Regular season stuff, when people start stacking them up against other regular season stuff, mm-hmm. whew, nobody's going to be in the song, <laughs> same conversation as the Boston yeah, Bruins. Better nope. than anything Sid's ever done in the regular season. Oh, my God. Not Sid, but yeah. our team. Well, yes, but <laughs> our team. His team, sure. It's more of the Muse team. He owned it. Well, he sold it to a Boston. Thank you, Sid's, Sid's got the C. Yeah. But still, yes. It was Are just, we going to suck this year, Nick? Is, no. that one thought, is that what I'm hearing here? Uh, a little kumsi kumsa right now. Uh, after missing the playoffs last year, they kind of changed things, revamped the roster in the offseason, new GM. That's huge. Hextall was a doofus. Linda? Uh, so there's a good chance. No, not Linda. It's Leah, for Christ's sake. You Leah. scumbag. Look, I, I confused What'd the two. Do? I watched the town last night. Sue me. She calls games, AJ, and she does a goddamn good job doing I it. I agree. Too. She does. Yes. I know. Well, she also steals people's signature. Whoa. I can't, I, I, I can't say anything. I, I said, give me that. a hell yeah. <laughs> When she slides it home. You've given plenty of credit to Stone Cold. Huh? Oh, that's that's Texas Rasnick? Well, I certainly said that immediately after it happened, too. As soon as, give me a hell yeah, they said it. I'm like, oh, Steve's watching this go. Is that right? Pretty good. You got the whites? Okay, now you're. (laughs) Shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You gave him the rub, yeah. Had to. It's not a rub. Stone Cold Steve Austin gives a rub to everybody. He's ramped. Oh, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine this year. It'll be great. And if they are fine, we will talk. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the Suns, too. The Phoenix Suns are going to be great. Yeah, NBA. We're, that's what people want us that, to talk that, about. That's next Boys, week. These are all March. Yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah, we haven't even got the Christmas somewhere. Yet. What's that, pal? You're a basketball coach somewhere, aren't you? Still? I was at Texas. I don't know if I've been signed anywhere else. You know, since. Oh, I thought you had another team already. Yeah, no, Miss no, 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 West Virginia. Uh, okay, West Virginia. Is Huggy if they reinstate Huggy. How's, how's, yeah. how's Huggy doing? Listen, let's get back to overreaction. <laughs> All, right. All right. A lot of games. How is Huggy doing? Is I baseball know. going on right now? Playoffs? We don't. Yeah, we love baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> I would like to... My first instinct there, you heard what I was about to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. We like, don't. Literally, my whole body, was like, <laughs> yeah. as soon as he brought it up, my first inclination was yep. bury baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. But the other night, <laughs> I watched baseball. You did? Yeah. Really? And I, when? No. I don't think I know exactly how we do it. So, Ty, I'm going to have to ask you. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to watch this thing? So, I'm watching every pitch of every inning. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but it, like for for a guy like you, like it's okay because you you can just kind of listen to what's going on. You have your phone on, you're looking at Twitter, you're looking at, you know, whatever else you want to be doing on your phone playing games. I mean, you can literally spend almost no time paying attention to the actual game and then you just listen for those raises of inflection yeah, in a guy's voice. Guy gets a little excited. Okay, what's going on here? Oh, nope, just a fucking can of corn fly out to center field. Boom, you go right back down to your phone. 
you do that long okay. enough and you will, you know, and then maybe, or you'll hear like, wow, that's, you know, eight strikeouts in a row for this pitcher. So you're like, okay, this guy's dealing. I'll maybe check out the next three at bats or so. But it, if you really don't care, that's the way you got So it's an actual it. pastime. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That's are, what I'm doing. Or, or like you said, you know, you get that late game. Boom, you're in bed at 930. That some bitch is going to put you to sleep. So, you know, you just pop that on there and you might see a couple good plays, a couple web gems, maybe a homer if you're lucky. If not, boom, you're just falling asleep. You wake I up. Seen, I seen a grand slam. Exactly, yeah. Hey, really? Grand it was electrifying. Phillies, right. yeah. It was who, who hit it? Stott, I yeah. believe was his name. Yeah, Bryson oh, Philly. Stott. Sweet. Yeah, he had sweet facial hair too. I, I didn't fully, but oh, yeah, this, it, yeah, the start shot is what the yeah. thing said. Mm-hmm. I just so happened to see that I was, uh, I had it on in the living room, made the transition to bedroom. Right. Nice. Put it on in bedroom, go to bathroom real quick before bed, you know? Sure. Don't want to have to be up three, four times. Right. Mm-hmm. As I'm getting back, laying down, boom, grand slam. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. But now I'm a little juiced up. Yeah, that's uh-huh. great. Because that Phillies fan. Those fans are awesome. They get after it. And then he showed a replay like four times. Then he ran it without any uh, audio over top of it. Then he did the whole thing. It's like there are moments where baseball is awesome. So for you talking about baseball, and my immediate was, <laughs> I don't – I kind of did. Yeah. I kind of – I actually sent a text to a famous person that was at that game and was like, wow, looks like a football game. You know what I mean? Like a feel, bit. Yeah. Feels like a football game. I think the Phillies – Fan base has maybe brought me into baseball a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. just the, the longer we go here, you're going to get down to the, hopefully, the really good team. So we'll get some good matchups. I mean, that is the thing. It's, you know, it's a, it's a long run here. We still got plenty of playoff baseball left, but that is the way you have to watch it. Wahlberg was there? No. It was uh, Rooster. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Rooster. Philly oh. guy. I was going to say, I didn't know Bob Ritchie was a fan. You know who of saved Phillies. his life? <laughs> Who's that? Hangman. Hangman's never wrong. He was. Oh, Oklahoma won. Yeah. That's right. did. He was wrong. How about how jocked Hangman was? Oh. So we weren't allowed to talk about, we weren't allowed to say Top Gun. Yep. Uh, we weren't allowed to mention any of the characters' names. Mm-mm. I told them immediately upon telling me that, that that was going to be difficult because I planned on referring to him as Hangman the entire time. Sure. That's why we're wearing the flight suits. Right. That's what we're doing. Because of the strikes and everything like that that's going on. But Glenn Powell, I mean, he was in there. I hope he doesn't get any issues or resolving stuff because by saying hangman we are potentially promoting a movie that is owned by a production company that's currently at odds with said act who gives a rat's ass it came so out when there to- was no strike aj yeah, what's you that can't mention you can't mention a movie you can't even mention anything from a movie now so i think what we've entered into and obviously, we talked Hangman, Top Gun. We called it a documentary. Yes. Because it was. Independent it was. film, you know, yeah. so I guess we did. I had no idea we had any of those rules, by the way. I'm glad I did not. I thought I was going to go into a whole yeah, well, Maverick you, thing. You heard how serious I took them. That's why I told <laughs> yeah. That's why I told everybody. But, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of people that are just looking for potential problems all the time. Uh-huh. And uh, some things are, you know, potentially. But if it happens, we'll worry about it then. As opposed to looking for potential problems... I think people should spend their time on just like enjoying the current problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't enough problems. Them. Yeah. There's enough problems in the world. Yes. We don't need to have a full song and dance about what are potential problems in the future. And I'm trying my best to take people serious that wear like suits and stuff like yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. But most of it, it's to the point where it's like, okay, if that happens, sweet, I'll pay for it. How about it? Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and move along. But yeah, I was being told we can't say Top Gun, Hangman, 
rooster, what? nothing. I'm like, we're wearing flight suits. Yeah. yeah. What are we? What are we? <laughs> Come on. Well, what do you think we're gonna do? What? What are we? What are we even talking about? And it's like you always say, like when you're booking guests, like you always get something where it's like, okay, well, I know whoever's coming on didn't say that. Like, yes, Glenn didn't give a fuck. He went with it. We all. I mean, I think what all of us called him Hangman at yep. least once, and we're Every saying time. stuff yep. like that. He thought the flight suits were awesome. Like he, he looked he, jock too. Oh my well, that's god, the thing. He like, needs to maybe wear. Now that was a. A lot of people say that I wear a beater. I do not wear a beater. I wear a tank top. Loose. And tank top is loose. You know, a little t top. Mm. I got this whole thing. Beater tight to be worn underneath yep. or in trailer park. Yes. Okay, that is not. He he did have the he tighter mm-hmm. tank top on, which would classify, I do believe, as undershirt beater. But he looked properly jocked. Yeah, and, and he's been boozing. Vascularity. Yeah, and he's he's six feet, so I'd like to see anybody in Hollywood tell him what he can and can't say, because that probably wouldn't go over too well. And he would probably pick him up, and give him a spine buster or something, because he is actually jacked. After that field goal, you can see the veins uh, yeah. popping out of his arms, his chest, his neck. It was absurd. Hey, Hangman, thank you for your time. Thank you, Hangman. Thank you, Hangman. Matthew McConaughey, thank you for your time. Yeah. Yes, sir. McConaughey, like, uh, I think he wanted to be on the program. I don't doubt it. Like, obviously, we would have put a request in for him, but I think his people were already like, uh, McAfee's doing that thing? Yeah. Okay, can we get Matt? Uh, Does he want? Like, they asked us if we wanted him on there. So, shout out to him, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Superstar. Love you, Matt. Love it. True fan. Legit real fan of Texas football. Yes, and when he was on, good things started happening for Texas. Exactly. And when Hangman was on, good things were happening for Texas. Shout out to Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Trey Young. When Trey Young came on, good things started happening for Oklahoma. Yeah. And he was incredibly cool. He was. Very nice. Yeah, cool dude. I don't think he does a lot of. I don't think he does a lot of. No. I don't think he does. No, he doesn't do. Well, and also, just from. I mean, it was obviously a pretty short interview, but he gets a bad rap for what they say about it. You know, like there was the whole. Like he he wants out of Atlanta. He he only wants to go play with LeBron. This guy's a pampered asshole. Like. You didn't get any of that. For At him. all. Like, he was he was awesome. And he looked sweet, too. Yeah, yeah he did. Iced out. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. So McConaughey was on. Things were going great. And then the the fourth down stop on the goal line, he takes off. You know, I, I got to get out of here, boys. All right, boys. Sorry, and then it's, Trey, it's his run its course. Yeah. Trey, they run down the field, and then they miss the field goal. Nice <laughs> talk to you, Trey. This is run its course. Yeah. Glenn, going great. They scored 15 seconds left. All right, boys. See you later. This is going great. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. And Baker Mayfield was when... Stutzman and the boys were doing their thing yeah, yeah. at the very beginning. So I think we had a good lineup. And thank you to all of them for taking time to chit chat with us. That was awesome. I met Lana Del Rey. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Big Oklahoma football fan. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Neither mm-hmm. me neither. Just summertime sadness. Yep. Summertime. We got that summertime. Summertime sadness. Just the summertime. Summertime sadness. That's the song. Yep. AJ, you know that song. It's good. I love that song. Diva, you know that song? Absolutely. Banger. Okay. Yeah. It's a banger. Everybody knows that. Lana's got good songs. That Born to Die album actually yeah, does have really good. eight to ten heat. What else, Con? What other hits, Con Man? Uh, Born to Die. Uh, obviously, go on video games is a great Blue one. Jean. Ride is a, Blue Jean Baby is a great one. Ride is a, a great one. She actually does have some really good music. Hey, Connor, shoot, fa- big fan of Lana Del Rey. Whenever oh, yeah. we found out that Lana Del Rey was there with Oklahoma fan, I said, Lana, somebody remind me quickly. Summertime. I was like, banger. Yeah. Yes, I know who that is. Oh, yeah. And then Connor was like, for shoot, though, she had. Yeah. Like, Connor rattled off like six, seven things. And he was like, and I heard a story that she's just like working at a Waffle House. In like, Alabama, yeah. Like two months ago, too. Like, incredibly, like, Connor told me this whole thing. And then she literally walked up at that exact moment. And I was like, 
I just learned a lot about you. Yeah. You, you are yeah. very nice to meet you. You're awesome. She seems to be big Oklahoma fan. She just got off a five month tour. I five guess, month tour. Yeah. And was like, I need to go watch this game. I don't think anybody knew that. Shout out to her living. Yeah. Everybody was so nice to us. Now I will say, in that Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. had no idea what down it was. No. Because the so the people working the Cotton Bowl, like stadium operators, and I, I might be wrong here, but neutral site game, these stadiums are only used, you know, whenever they're they're used. Yeah. So the down and distance, you know, I don't know if that's stadium or somebody else, they were very slow. rarely on. <laughs> so where I was standing, where we were standing at the end, to get like what down it is, how much time's left, there was no video on our playback video screen. So I couldn't see what was on TV at all. We could hear a little bit, but it was, State Fair has like quarter million people around it. So many. Yeah. And then there's like 100,000 people in that stadium. Mm -hmm. So like getting signaled to a lot of stuff, I guess, wasn't great. But boy, did I have a good time watching that football game. I don't know how it was watching us along. And I do apologize to the people that think we're the main feed of that particular game. I don't know how that is the case, but there are still some people that think that. But I enjoyed that atmosphere, AJ. I know you have Ohio State, Michigan every single year, which is massive and huge. I don't think I had a true respect and passion for the Oklahoma-Texas-Red River rivalry until you're right in the middle of it. That was fantastic, yeah. and the game was electrifying, AJ. The game was, I think I said it right away, Like this was like an, an instant classic that people will talk about for 50 years, about that game and people that were at that game. You remember certain plays. Yeah, go, being able to go Tuscaloosa week one and then the old Red River rivalry slash shootout, like those are like bucket list events that we get to go to and we got to see some unbelievable games at the same time like yeah it was the whole weekend was amazing well thank you espn for making it that crowd man stay in omaha omaha shout out omaha still not over how like that split like right down to 50 like we started the game in oklahoma (laughs) went and finished the game in texas and you literally felt like you were in two different stadiums when things were going on it was it was crazy and shout out to bevo who i don't know much about texas stairs Mm -hmm. okay but i do know that a fart is an indicator. Yeah. Fart is an indicator that yep. there's some some material coming out the other end. Some That's beef. Right. We did see the clip on the internet after we got out of the state fair when we could have some service, had no service in there, of Bevo shitting right over my left shoulder. Yep. And I think we, we acknowledged a couple of times, feels like Bevo's farting. Yep. <laughs> feels like Bevo's farting because we were right in the... I mean, I've never seen a more direct line from ass to nose. Oh, yeah, downwind. Than Bevo had to us. But that dump that Bevo took was just one part of Bevo's day. At one point, Bevo, I think, forgot where he was at and who Bevo is because he was not having it. He started charging one of the things. Going crazy. He started cornering one of his handlers at one point, and then he had to rub his belly, rub his belly, Mm -hmm. rub his belly. Everybody knows he gets upset when you're not rubbing his belly. They rub his belly back. He kind of gets back to it. I think Bevo sensed an Oklahoma win before any of us sensed an Oklahoma win because he got a little antsy over there, Foxy. Did he not? Yeah, he did. And actually what you saw when you, you saw that poop, that, he was antsy before that, so all he had to do was take a dump. Classic Bevo. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was upset. Bevo's like you and me. <laughs> yeah. No, his horns were flying, though. Like I actually thought someone was going to get hurt. I thought the cage in front of us was going to get Ooh. knocked down, and you guys had no idea, and you're five feet away from him. And then he turned around. Imagine us getting gored by Bevo live. Oh, oh no. There was, so sweet. There was so much panic so back there. That'd be so sweet. Us just getting. And then he goes rumbling yeah. around the field. Runs, I had to yeah, pause yeah. the game. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
Someone from the so stands has to take. We out ride him. You, you said you jump be, out and ride him. He's got me gored, and I roll over like a Johnny Knoxville <laughs> on top of his head, <laughs> and I'm riding like uh, you know, whenever guys had uh, pegs on the front wheel, yeah. yep. you're sitting on the, mm-hmm. and you're sitting bar. on the handlebars, oh, yeah. and you got to do this. I'm like that with Bevo. AJ, obviously, good friend, trying to tackle Bevo, yep. hanging on to the torso. <laughs> Diggs is rubbing the stomach because yeah. 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 we've seen that entire thing before, and we're just rolling down the Texas sideline. McConaughey's feeling, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> we were there. It was yeah. this close. So there was talk that you were supposed to go in the pen with Bevo, yeah. and the guy came out to me and was like, yeah, he's in a mood right now. I don't think uh, Patch get in there. I've never seen Bevo not not in the mood. Right. Yeah. The, Always pissed. Yeah. Last year at game day, they tried to have Bevo do a little show walk for the team. Oh, yeah. Just walk right in front of the stage. We got a nice little pen over for you, Bevo. And he did his little walk. Two cowboys. One on the right, one on the left, holding something on the edge of the horns. And Bevo got about 75% of the way through that walk. And he said, you know what? Nah. Fuck this guy. To the right. That's all it was. Just boom. Like that. And this guy goes flying. And they're like, whoa! Uh-oh. Oh, my God! Because there's like a thousand people there. That's a wild animal. He went after yeah. uh, Ugga recently, too. A couple yeah. few years Last ago. Year. Strong. Yeah. Strong fucking bull. I don't yes, know a lot is. about animals, but that just seems like a bad idea. Whoa. It does. Yeah. Somebody's just got to remind Bevo, I think, which is going to be tough because he's a cow. Yeah. Uh, but somebody needs to remind Bevo, hey, you're... You're just supposed to stand here uncomfortably in the heat and do nothing. Yeah. Well, and that's why they shoot him with about 800 pounds of trank before they take him out here. I mean, in that <laughs> yeah. first, when we were down there, what is the start, your problem? I thought Bevo was just gonna fucking fall. Over he, <laughs> he's a zombie. Yeah, he yeah. was tired. He was a little sleepy. Well, yeah, he's been on display. It's a Red River robbery. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's for sure. You know, when you're in front of all those people, it's little draining. Sta- yeah, a little mm-hmm. stage fright. Yeah, it is a little draining. Yeah, for you. some people just. You know, they're introverts. I think Bevo's potentially an introvert. They yeah. need a different steer, maybe. <laughs> yeah. They Whoa. need an extrovert show cattle. Show, yeah, right. Okay. Show cattle. Show cattle. Yeah, right. And that thing starts peacocking around and starts jumping up in the crowd and goring people. <laughs> they don't want that. They thought that was going to happen the other day. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a That genuine- would be so awesome. That would have been amazing if he knocked the fence down and was rumbling around the field. Imagine. And then he... He'd get shot dead right there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just just cannon, especially in Texas. Roughnecks yeah. go down there oh, yeah. and all just fucking... <laughs> or that paddle. Yeah. Yeah, the paddle. Yeah. A guy with a roughneck yeah. had that paddle we didn't want to yeah. get involved in. So I guess the roughnecks, uh, Nick did a little research on them. So they used to run... In the, the people that were shooting the guns every four seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable how loud they were. Oof. And they were able to load those guns. Oh, yeah. These muskets so fast. Quick. I don't know how they were able to do it. I guess back in the day, they would run and slide... To scare snakes off the field. Ah. So that's why the paddle oh. wasn't everything like that. I don't know how true it is or how not yeah. true it is. It was shotgun shells, by the way. I yeah, did see. Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they were popping them. It was kind of sweet, actually. After, after they would shoot, one guy who was really good with it, he'd pop it up, thing would fly, he'd snag it, reload. <laughs> oh, we're talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was sweet. It was one of those. Yeah. And they'd flip it up, load nice. it. Love that. That was the guy in the middle. Yeah, that was Undertaker's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Undertaker was on the other yeah. sideline, but I did see yeah. where Undertaker's boy could look like Undertaker's boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the bandana, the long hair. He was signaling to the band, everything. He he was a maestro. It was awesome. We appreciate everybody for you know allowing us to do that. How about on game day? That kid almost made that field goal. Oh. Mm. Live at the so on awesome. the field, yeah. Sarkeesian was ten yards away, <laughs> like actually, like all right, let's see, Coach yeah. Stance, like he was, he arms crossed, legs wide, sunglasses on, 
see what this fucking kid's got. Yeah. It was, and we had to move the Oklahoma Sooners were warming up. We're like, do we use this for a second? Yeah, we'll move the hash. Like, you got a huge game. I, <laughs> I, I do apologize for this, but it's kind of a, a thing. And everybody just kind of stopped and they're like, let's see what this fucking kid yeah. does. What a kick. Well, and, and then to have your audio go throughout the entire yes. stadium so oh, yeah. people didn't know, they're like, oh, okay, let's fucking. Hey, just a heads up. Yeah. And yeah. the Texas student section was chirping him. Oh, yeah. yeah it was I, great. I really enjoyed it. That thing's really starting to become something. It's building. You know what I mean? 45000 last week. It'll probably be 55000 this week. How broken ribs, too? Yeah, Kirk Herbstreit won form tackle on it. Did you see uh -oh. that, AJ? Man, shoulder. I, I congratulated Kirk when we left and fist bump. Hey, man, great hit on that, dude. Your shoulder went directly into his rib cage. Yeah, here's Kirk about the uh, boom. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah. I mean, Look Kirk, at that kid. Yeah, and Kirk. Wind knocked out of him. He's like, ah. Yeah, that kid was Good right. hold, too. I couldn't see this replay uh, live. I thought it was going in, and I was about to say, it's over. Oh. And then, oh. no. Oh, that sucks so bad so for this kid. Uh, I think old Cuzzy here, he said he's going to be a pilot. I found him on uh, Instagram as well. I think he's a content creator. I assume he's going to put together a pretty sick video for that whole thing. <laughs> nice. And then Oklahoma goes on to win, too. Yeah. yeah. Remember? So, like, I'm pumped for him. And I like that he was talking shit to people. Yeah, mm -hmm. sweet. I love that. Well, he fixed the ball, too. Like, he, he yeah. did his steps and then went back. Made sure that the that yeah, thing was no up straight. For him. Yeah, hey, own that thing. You know, yes. everybody yeah. that has done it has owned it. The yeah. kid at Duke knew he had no shot. Right. And was like, yeah, I'll do two of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I am so thankful for these kids because they talk about this younger generation being on their phones, being like not able to do social stuff. It's like every time we do this field goal thing, kids are awesome. It's yeah. perfect. And they yeah. very much understand the situation. And they're putting themselves out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're probably going to get roasted here. Right. By like, you're signing up to do a job that nobody gives any credit to ever. <laughs> yeah. Would you like it though? There's a chance you, <laughs> you might, might win. win. You might win. <laughs> and they all do it. So we appreciate right. them. And thank you to College Game Day. Yeah, hell yeah to those yeah. kids. And thank you to College Game Day for allowing it to be a part of the program and of the show. I, um, those are early mornings, bud. This weekend in Washington. Oh, oh man. I guess it's going to be pitch black, 6 a.m. start. Yeah, 6 a.m. Cool. start. They yeah. said sunrise comes at like 7.30 or something like that. Oh, so nice. last half of the show. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be out there alive. Yeah. I'm Remember excited that. for that. That's a That'd long. Cool. Go ahead, pal. That'd be a cool changeup. I mean, it's not that all. Like, when's the last time? Have you done a game day where it's dark at the beginning yeah. of the Oregon. show? Yeah, Oregon. Oregon was. Twice. And uh, Montana was dark too when you I kind of like it. It's a cool changeup, I think. Yeah. I. When I went to Oregon, it was. It was pretty sweet. And then you just have so much more respect for the people that come yep. out to it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those kids are waking up. It's a great up. idea the night before, you know, like, yeah, man, let's do it. They're getting hammered. We're going to go out there. We'll be the first ones there. And then all of a sudden, it's you wake up, it's 1130, like, oh, it's over. Well, 7 a.m., you know, from 6 to 7 a.m., I think, at Oregon, was when I was like, all right, here's the time now where it might start to uh, – and they just started kept filling up. It was like the second shift came in. It was like, we got you. We can't, this is our first Pac-12 trip this year, and it's a good one. Yeah. Great. I mean, this game really is good. a good one. What Washington and Oregon have been able to do, I can't wait to get out there. From what I've been told, some of the Cougs fans are going to be there, too. Oh, is that uh, right? Uh, did they so, win on Saturday? Uh, I picked them. I picked them to you, win. You nice. did. On the record. Yep. Picked them to win. Mm -hmm. Love our football team. Yeah. Is that why they lost? Potentially. I'll pick them again, too. Yeah. I'll pick them again. Every week. They're a good team. Good team. <laughs> Want them in the Big 12. Exactly. Yeah. They did lose to UCLA, though, Gumpy. Jeez. What's your problem? I was wondering. I didn't see the score. That's on me. <laughs> you did see the score, <laughs> no, Gump. I did, Gump also sees my mentions, obviously, because he's oh, in yeah. there. So I'm sure Gump feels a certain way about a certain school as well. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. There's something in there. 
All right, let's get to a break. I can't wait to get up there. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Great. I think it's only like a 14-hour flight or something. Yeah, it should yeah, be too fast. I mean, Lee must be in stitches oh, over it. He's he pissed say? about Colorado. Yeah, he said that, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> it's way up there. They said it's – this is my first time experiencing Seattle, though. Oh, nice. Because like, I flew in Seattle's there. sweet. Yeah, I think I think it looks sweet. You know I mean? It water. is awesome, it, dude. Yeah. It Pike is. Place Market is incredible yeah. where they throw the fish. So this will be my first time because I flew in, saw them play the Niners, and flew out immediately. It was like in and out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even get to feel it at all. So this time I'll get to see it, feel it a little bit. If Gumpy likes it, that's saying a whole lot. It so. does, actually. Yeah. Went there every summer. It was right there. That was his only way to get out of Canada. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good so, spot, though. It was America. Yeah. It was great. It was great. I think they do the sailgating, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I saw a picture of it this morning. They do races out there. Oh. Yep. Ooh. Oh, no. I lost it. Pat's definitely going to have, like, a fish-throwing segment, right? Boom. it. I don't know. I I don't – I've been watching the film. It's like a rugby toss. Yeah. I don't have the rugby toss. I could catch that thing, though, I think. Mm -hmm. But I could find the – the face of the fish, because mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's what you got to snag, you know. Because if not, that thing. Yeah, looking yeah. for the gills. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grab a Six. fish's face. Yeah, yeah Bingo. Bingo. you'll figure it out. Yeah, you, yeah. you have the ref well, toss. Though. You have the ref toss down though. Yeah, but I go inside with that one. You might. You might be able to invent that with the fish toss. I want recreate the game. If you can find a fish that's football shaped. Are you allowed to show up and say, "Hey, I want to fucking throw a fish"? Yeah, I think yeah. so. All right, sure you can. All right, that's may say okay. All right, I'm going to throw a fish. Yeah. I kind of want to catch one. Plus, I think everybody's on LSD. Yeah, yeah if you both. get a chance, walk through that market. It's incredible. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in there. That guy needs to throw the fish. I just hey. need to... Oh, you can do that. Yeah, easy. Oh, I could toss that fish here. That's not the official fish thrower, right? Yeah, I think, I it, think is. it is. What are you talking about? The guy's got a hose, bro. Uh, did he? Yeah. I mean, put it right where he... The bag's up. You literally put it in the bag. It's like Steve Aoki with the cake. Boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. They rolled that fish and sold it immediately. I mean, his back foot came up. Don't be dogging the thrower, dude. Dude, he, he just he he followed it's like throwing. It's like when you throw a med ball off the wall sideways, you know, and you throw your and you twerk your hips. Oh, yeah. Look at the that. foot does not need to come up. It doesn't need to. <laughs> hey, great toss, pal. Tony doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, it like this he was, guy couldn't throw a fish if he yeah, fucking jumped like out of his hand. he was doing a layup off the wrong foot. <laughs> Is here now as we look ahead to this evening's game we are currently in a time where we have learned some very negative news oh yeah, that's no. right we all look forward to monday night countdown especially with these new cast of characters oh yeah Best. because we appreciate the host's brain yeah. a lot mm-hmm. it's a bald one a the head that's outside of the brain sure. right from maryland has his own sports center for a long time we used to fall asleep and sleep with this guy a lot yeah mm-hmm Scott Van Pelt out tonight indefinitely ah. of Monday Night Countdown because he lost his voice this morning. Whoa. Woke up with no voice. Scotty. So instead, Joe Buck and Michelle Beisner, who I believe is Joe Buck's wife, Correct. will also pull hosting duties oh. for Monday Night Countdown alongside Ryan Clark, RG3, and Swagoo. Okay. Yeah. So I think Monday Night Countdown is still going to be great. But we are without Scott Van Pelt tonight. That news has just broken on the internet, AJ Hawk. Has he ever missed anything like this before? Like, this isn't a reoccurring deal with his voice, is it? As somebody who has lost my voice in untimely situations and had to power through, this is nightmare. 
This is, this is the worst thing that could potentially happen. I don't know if SVP has ever had this happen before, but there's all types of things that combat it. There's sprays, yep. mm -hmm. there's shots, there's pills, there's this. But ultimately, in the end, it's going to decide yeah. whether or not it's coming back. I hope this isn't a long-term thing. Mm. Scott, we need you. We need you, Scotty. We need you, Scott. Mm. Miss you, Scott. Don't we, AJ? Local we do, so he's probably vocal rest for how many days? I don't know. This is like Can't what happened with Morgan Wallen when he yeah. was in the middle of his in the middle of his oh. concert run. Happened to Reese last week. Yeah. Reese Dude. Davis had to power through a Notre Dame game while just housing tea and honey and everything else that was available. Joe Buck and Michelle will host the show. So it'll be professionally run. I have yeah. plenty of faith in them. But we want to let Scott know. Get better, pal. Good luck, Scotty. That's no fun. No, yeah, that's no. What the are we worst. In? Week five going into week six. Yep. Anytime we do those simulcasts, because of how loud it is, mm -hmm. yeah. have to yell a little bit louder into microphone. And by the time you're done with it, you're like, <clears throat> oh, wow, I just yelled for four hours. <laughs> is my voice going to be okay? Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to walk out to that WWE thing, and it was going to be, eh, you know, one of, those, <laughs> one of those ordeals. So Scott's going to get healthy. He'll be back, but tonight will look a little bit different. Now, on the field. We have a good one in store with the Raiders and the Packers. Woo. Raiders being favored by one and a half at home. Over under 46 and a half points. Devontae Adams, we assume, will be playing because he's doing an interview with Larry Fitz for the Monday Night Countdown show before Monday Night Football. Probably not having a sit down if you're going to inevitably not dress. That's what Adam Schefter said. Shefty probably knows more than we do. What are you seeing, Tone Diggs? What is the public doing and what do we need to think there, about there, as we make this pick? There is still one and a half out there, but there's also twos and also twos and a halfs out there. So Damn. if you like the dog and the Packers and you want to potentially buy it up to three because that's a Who huge. has it at two and a half? Uh, let's see here. Points bet has it two and a half. FanDuel has it two and a half. DraftKings has it two and a half. Okay, it's two. Does anybody have two? Uh, bet Rivers has it at two. Caesars has it at two. So if you like the Raiders, you are going to those two. Yep. If you like the Pack, you are going to the bet others. MGM still has it one and a half. So if you like the Raiders, yeah. that is probably where you're headed to yeah. right now as we speak because that's probably changing. Early lead here or lean here, Darius, did you expect the Raiders to be favored at home against I Pat? did not. Early lean here is to the Packers, though. That's the Honestly, and that's the quarterback and the coach I trust more. Really? You trust LaFleur more than uh, McDaniels? Absolutely. And Love everything about that. I don't think that's being said a lot, so I think what Ty just heard would made him go from 6 to midnight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I would like the Packers tonight as well. I, again, I'm, I'm worried that they can't stop the run, and this has the makings of like Josh <laughs> Jacobs' get-right game. It has... Is unbelievable. Aaron Jones potentially not playing. I mean, I still we still don't really know what's yeah, going what on. Yeah, what did there. Shefty say? So so can we get back to the Shefty report that Please. we He's put out? Upset, huh? Is he upset with you? I don't think he was upset. I think he was just like, hey, just for we gotta make sure this game. is make sure this is right. I've been told that the person that put the tweet out on X re-listened and was like, Okay. Wow. He said he said we think. And then what? he said, but they do have a bye next week. Hmm. So, so that means they might just rest him two they would They'd be more apt to rest him now because it'd be two weeks? So this is his message to me after you put the post out. Please listen to my answer on Aaron Jones there. Didn't say we think he's going to play. Just want to be clear there. Said uncertainty with him. So that sounds like probably not play. Yes, well, and that's what my concern is. Is he was questionable before the Lions game, but then he did play, and then I think he only played maybe six plays. Now part of that was they were getting boat raced, so it didn't really matter. But he wasn't out there to start the game when they probably could have used him. 
So we'll see. I mean, it's it's been the same thing. Debut mentioned earlier. Jordan Love has the worst completion percentage in the NFL, and then he's still because their run game has been so shitty. He's forced to throw it forty five mm-hmm. to fifty times a game. No Bakhtiari for the rest of the season, right? That's been announced by Correct. Bakhtiari. Correct. But it sounds like the rest of the line is healthy and playing tonight. That's good. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. The Raiders secondary is not that great. Jair's playing, right, Alexander? As yeah, far as they know, yes. But he's a little banged up, right? Right, correct. Will he follow Devontae? He said he wants to, but they have also been notorious. I think it was in the first game last year. He said, hey, I want Justin Jefferson the whole game. Joe Barry told him to shut his mouth, and Justin <laughs> Jefferson had like 189 receiving yards in the first half. I love that. Yeah. Uh, we won't make our official picks yet, but we will run through – some of the greatest posts on X this morning. Every Monday, we wake up and uh, we think to ourselves, wow, today's going to be a good day. Yeah. Yep. We're going to get to talk for three hours plus about a lot of action that happened yesterday and a lot of action that happened on Saturday. But not only that, we get a chance to kind of test the temperature of all the fan bases around the NFL. It is time for... Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but... I heard there were some good ones this morning. I am jacked to dive into these. It became number three trend in the United States on it. Number two trend. Number two trend. I got a screenshot. Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody's participation. We hope it's a nice therapeutic time as you kind of just let it all out about how you feel about your NFL team. And we greatly appreciate reading through them. Here's the first one. Omar Salazar at Real Omar Salazar. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but but everybody aside from Parsons should be on a trading block for the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys. They need to make some moves externally and internally. Whoa! I don't know what moves they're making externally, but I love the fact that they're thinking internally. Are you all the way out on Big Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys this season because the Niners exposed them last night, AJ? I'm not all the way out, but this does seem to be like a reoccurring thing with the Cowboys, the roller coaster that they sometimes will get on, and we're we will crown them champs one week, and then the next week, everyone's saying trade them, get rid of everybody but Micah Parsons. <laughs> all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It happens like four times a season with the Dallas <laughs> yep. Cowboys. Yep. Literally, we're riding all the way up. We got the greatest defense of all time, Dan Quinn. Florida Dan, backwards hat for the Cowboys, deep right. coordinator. Could have got a head coaching job, wants to be back with the boys. Mike is going to be better than ever. Dak, look at him with Big Mike McCarthy. We got a run game with Tony Pollard. Where the hell has he been? Stephon Diggs just got hurt. <laughs> And we get boat race all the way back down to the bottom every single time. And then they're going to win some more games. It's going to be a little bunny hill. And then they're going to go down. They're going to hit a little jumping one. They're going to be jumping all over. This is the Dallas Cowboys. Can't win Super Bowls like this, I do not believe. And if I'm Omar Salazar, I am certainly a little bit befuddled about where we are as a Cowboys nation. There was a lot of internet, uh, Cowboys internet last night going, oh, Cal Moore just wanted to score too many points, so we got rid of him. A lot of that last night. A lot of that this morning. And then also, like, People are out on Dak. They don't really like him, and I don't know if a good game really changes that, but, boy, were there a lot of fuck it, let's start Trey Lance's this morning. Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Niners fans were chanting, we want Trey, right? Yes, they were. They wanted to see him. Did you hear about this? Late night last night, yeah, they were chanting, we want Trey to get him in there. He looked good in that uniform. He did. Mm -hmm. He was catching for Dak at one point on the sideline. I was like, why aren't we putting maybe tight end? Yeah. You know, he's big. Hands are natural. Good athlete. Toss that thing over there. Let Trey run a little bit, AJ, you know? Give him a little red zone package, maybe. Maybe get a couple of touchdowns like old of Rabes used to do, J.J. Watt style. Oh, speaking of that type of thing, if we have two quarterbacks on the, on the field at the Ooh. same time, 
The amount of trickery. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. And if oh, you watch so football, much. if you watch football this past weekend, I mean, the trickery was on display all over the place. Yep. Trickery has become normal football. If you go down to Atlanta, they had Drake London on an end around, shaking people. Okay, here, what are we doing? Reverse. Mm. Is he running it? No. Shaking a guy, throwing the ball. How you doing? John Hugh Smith, first down. Artie Smith calls that as just a play that was needed, a play that would happen back in the day. Oh, this is risky. This is risky. This is standard operating procedure in the NFL now. You need to know he's a lefty going into the week. Drake yeah. London can roll to his left and sling that thing. Who's a righty? We'll find out next week. It's real. How about the Detroit Lions? Ooh. We talked about this with the brotherly shove. We said there's going to come a time where Jalen Hurts is going to be up under center uh -huh. and Jason Kelsey is going to snap it right through Jalen Hurts' legs, right to a running back, and he's going to pop off the other side. The Detroit Lions said, we, this is the first, we are snapping it to David Montgomery, and he's going to go pick up the first down. The rear end view is obviously the one that we want to see here. Pause that, wow. right through Jared Goff's legs, right to the running back, and then Ragnow and the boys have easy pickup blocks, and although it almost gets stopped early, Montgomery's able to pop through for a first down. Not a touchdown, so it's not going to show up on a lot of highlights, but this type of situation is hysterical. That is just Ooh. normal football in 2023. What's that? Oh, God, bent over, snapping it through somebody's legs to somebody else, seven yards behind them, and then they're going to pick it up. And the Detroit Lions were not done there. You know, hey, what's the play du jour? Oh, that's play of the day. Okay? And I don't know how many people ordered the particular play du jour, mm -hmm. but I do know that it was available for all parties. Uh -huh. The Detroit Lions started this entire thing. We got a pitch reverse Flea flicker that ends up a touchdown for Laporta in Iowa. Mm. What a play. The Panthers' defense minds are absolutely blown. We just saw a ball get snapped through a guy's legs. Now we got our pitch, reverse, flea flicker, touchdown in our face. I don't know if Frank Reich was thinking on a sideline or Ooh. if he was ever thinking <laughs> yeah. on a sideline at this stage of the game. But when Ben Johnson gets cooking, it's a thing of beauty. And we talked to George Kittle earlier. He said, we've had that play in yep. since week eight, coach. Yep. How come I'm watching another tight end score on a play that's been designed for me? He said, don't worry about it. We'll back it up three yards. Same exact play. Order the play du jour flow. Reverse. Flea flicker. Purdy. Kittle. Touch. Down. Niners! I love that this is what the NFL has become. There's creativity, there's explosive plays, and there's guys that can handle it mentally and physically to give us the most electrifying style of football that we've had in some time. I love it, AJ. I like the trickery kind of being expected at this stage of the game. I like that it's, it's becoming somewhat commonplace for offenses to do this, and it's not crazy. Like, What's the most they used to do? Maybe run a little flea flicker, back gets the ball, he runs up into the line, turns around, pitches it back, and we throw it deep. Like that's normally what we see. Now we're getting like different variations, double reverse mm -hmm. passes. And I'm sure these coaches also at the same time have like whenever they do think up these creative plays or whenever they install them, they have a lot of fun doing it as well. And the defense just gives them another thing yeah. that the coach is going to have to walk through. Hey, if they run this play, we have to go through our responsibilities for each and individual position, and all of a sudden you get in the game and someone drops a coverage and they score a touchdown. You're like, oh, cool. I'm glad we spent six hours on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy we wasted valuable practice time and meeting time when we could have been talking about, I don't know, third and short, actual red zone defense that's going to take place. That type of mental warfare with Man. these tricks is also a massive piece of it. I think Bill Belichick used to do it all the time. All the time. You know all their wide receivers could throw. They were going to throw. Tom Brady's going to catch most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Several hours one time mm -hmm, in the Super Bowl that we have to bring up. I don't like it Yeah, because he has a lot of other completions that take place. But Andy Reid is all in on him. Oh, yeah. Those guys
guys are being talked about as the two best coaches of the modern era. They're obviously doing it. Why not others? I'm happy to hear they're following suit. Because, D-Butt, you guys got so many different Man. things happening right in your face. You can't keep up. It's almost a guaranteed touchdown if executed right. Although, we've seen some of these trick plays backfire yeah. grotesquely. Oh. And I think every coach thinks they're going to get fired that moment. And that's when everybody points in the OC and say, you idiot. But, uh, I mean, this, like AJ said, this is something you think about. You got something extra you got to think about throughout the week. All right. Who's left-handed? Who played quarterback in high school? I remember like Jarvis Landry was a guy who would throw the ball. He was a lefty. Yep. And another thing with these, some of these, some of these teams have tendencies. I know for sure the Lions. They got if it's sudden change and they're any round, anywhere around that logo. The one we played earlier with Laporta uh, against the Falcons, I believe. They have yeah, some tendencies. Uh, that was the P and ten, so the first play of the drive for the 49ers as well. So once again, something else those defensive coordinators and players got to be aware of when it comes to reading their keys with these offenses. Uh, Vrabel had some sweet stuff. Yeah. The game that we watched, there was a lot of high football IQ being on display. At one point, third and short, they moved D Hop into running back. D Hop is at running back, so now a linebacker has to pick up D Hop, and then he just squirted out of the backfield, shakes the linebacker, and it's a first down like easy. I'm like. Wow, that's like a coach setting up a successful play. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of these teams, we see offenses that can't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, some of these other places, we're watching them like, oh, we're actually going to make this play be successful. Diop went for over 100, by the way. Yeah. yeah. He was, Tannehill was slinging that thing. Balling. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. The Colts, though, on the flip side, I think they had Derrick Henry throw a ball yesterday against us. Yep. Just standard operating procedure. What are you, 6'4", 270? Yeah, you run over everybody. Yeah, also need you to have some touch. Ooh. With the throw, not yep. just down by the end zone, need you to do it. Shane Steichen, our guy, if it's fourth in less than five, fuckery's in play. Love it. Every single time. If it's in an area, too, where the worst that can happen is a five-yard penalty, whether it's a field goal, we can lose five yards, or a punt, we can lose five yards. He is sending fourth and three. Mm -hmm. He's sending team out. Hard count every time, trying to steal it. And I assume that's a setup for at some point they're going to actually go for it. But whenever the teams don't fall for it, there's always like a zoom in on Shane. He's like, meh, tried. <laughs> yeah. Meh, I tried. You know, like I tried to steal it. They were actually booing. Like some Colts fans were booing him at some points for this little, what he was doing. They're like, want him to actually go for it? It's like at some point he will. Like this is Shane's thing though. Yeah, like he sent time. the punt team out there one time a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, then punt team off the field, then quarterback back on the field and try to catch Harbaugh in a situation, use the timeout. And Shane was like, eh, all right, yep, got him. Got, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, I appreciate yeah, the way cool. he thinks, like trying to take advantage of shit because Delay a game, who gives a fuck? Right, yeah, whatever. We don't. It, it's going to be a 22-yard field goal or a 27-yard field goal. Who cares? Uh, we're going to be punting from the plus 40 or the plus 45. Like, for Rigoberto Sanchez, does not matter. So I appreciate that this is, like, the next stage, feelingly, of football IQ and football decision-making, AJ. Yes, you got to find a way to get that little edge. And Belichick's been great at that over the years of finding out different ways, like little things, like you say, Steichen sending the punt team out and send them back and you get them to burn a timeout. All those little things that most people probably wouldn't even notice that much. Like those absolutely will come in handy as the year goes. And you're right. They will go for it eventually on fourth and three or whatever. And they'll hopefully it's a big moment and they get it. And then he's like, all right, that's what all this is for. I'm just thinking of the other coach being like, all right, anytime it's fourth and less than let's just get, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what this guy's going to do. All of it is amounted to nothing. Every single time he has done nothing, but at any point, he could do something, and it's like that's just added into the work week. Just more shit to think about, mm -hmm. more shit to do. And as a fan, it's like kind of exciting. It's like, Absolutely. Oh, oh, what are we doing? Yeah, we go. 
Okay, we're not. All right, thank you. All right. I was kind of pissed <laughs> we were going for it. Still cool. Yeah, kind of Chiefs pissed. did one, too. Well, Mahomes kind of had some acting, like he was confused trying to get the play call. He was walking towards the sideline, and they were trying to look and see if the Vikings were going to be caught off guard, and they would have probably snapped it to one of the backs, but they didn't. But, um, you know, you got to try it. I like it because now it's trickery with, like, reading. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are we – you know, it, it's like another level of stuff. So, I don't know if all Indianapolis Colts fans recognize this with Shane Steichen, but, like – he is the he's in the gamesmanship, absolutely. Which I I am a massive fan of. I am a big big fan of like, well, I fucking tried. Yeah, yeah like I appreciate that. Well, and it keeps you on your toes. We always talk about like something that the other team has to prepare prepare for now, and that is absolutely one of them. But the KC one that Debo was talking about, Mahomes like started walking mm-hmm. off the field, and then wow. you saw Pacheco like take a step forward and then kind of look as though he was about to snap it. And then the whole defense was going crazy and they ended up just taking a delay of game. But still, the gamesmanship of it is sweet. Love it. Because yeah. even the, ah, maybe we'll use it, maybe we won't, but fuck it, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Like, even putting that on tape is something. And now yeah. you have to have a coach, though, that is, you know, not only thinking of it, not scared to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because Shane Steichen could get mocked and ridiculed for doing this. Right. And instead he's like, ah, I don't care. It's kind of my thing. Let's go to another overreaction, shall we, from around the NFL. Kevin Maloney at KJ, Justin middle name. Kevin Justin Maloney 8. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but, but it's time to say goodbye to Bill Belichick. Oh. Tear it down and start over. Is Maloney speaking for all of you up there, or are you saying this is baloney for Maloney? No, I, I am not saying it's uh, something that I would reiterate, but I can also say that it's baloney for Maloney because I think a lot of people in New England are you go, kind of fed up with the whole Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick shtick. Uh, it's a bummer. What's his shtick? He works hard? He no, no, this is what his shtick had cares. been, at least, is that you know you can rely on your quarterback to you know make – you know what? What's the saying? Make something out of shit or something. Yep. Making yep. chicken salad. Yep. There it is, Nailed out of shit. Poop yeah. out of poop. chicken shit. Yeah, that, that's Make chicken what, salad out of out chicken, chicken shit. shit. Okay, that Nailed is what he did forever with Brady, and you know everyone always He's says like Brady chicken, chicken, shit. chicken shit. Yeah. No, no, no. What the are we weapon, talking about? You guys aren't listening to me. The Jeez. weapons. Are we around. are listening. That's the problem. We are. Now, the, the weapons around Brady. Okay, I'll just keep talking. Is the chicken salad? The weapons around Brady are the chicken shit, and that's what it was. But he was able to make him Aaron Hernandez. With the chicken wow. salad that we, that he had, it was one Logan thing. Logan With what we have now with Mac, it's just a completely different thing, and he can't do those things. And you Corey actually Brown. do have to spend money. And you know, you just mentioned DeAndre Hopkins had 115 yards. You know, that is something that New England Patriots fans, which is the exact reason they wanted him, and we weren't willing to shell out 26 million dollars for two years. And we're seeing what is happening now. So the guys that he has relied on in the past, maybe you can't as much this year. I don't think it's all Belichick. Same way, I don't think it's all. Mac Jones, but there has to be changes. I mean, you can't lose thirty-eight to three and then thirty-four to nothing at home the mm-hmm. week after. Like there has to be changes. There won't be, and we will end up with a top five pick. So I don't care. I would rather it be like that. I want to go. I did see you shift your your kind of excitement a little bit as it was kind of unfolding and unraveling yesterday, and you were getting your asses beat. Yeah, there was like a. All right, we're gonna to try to get a top pick. Oh, this is all gonna be on, different. On the, on the no, no, year. then you weren't you weren't watching because when he Mac Jones Mac Jones threw the pick six to start the game, I was pumped. I, I, and I said it last week. I want to go one and sixteen. I don't want to do this middle of the road, be at the ninth or tenth or eleventh pick. Yep. I don't want that. Like I, I want that's a, Pittsburgh Steelers. I want. Well, I they're actually, three and two. They're actually, going to the playoffs. I actually texted him yesterday when uh, they won and scored a touchdown. I said, eh, kind of fucked that one up. Yes. First place in your division, Tony. Yeah, you guys could get to the playoffs. You win your division, go to home game. 
Yeah, you got a exactly. home playoff game. Yeah, but me and Tony know what a team looks like when it's meant for a Lombardi, and we both know that those aren't the teams that they have right now. Same way Pat, Ty knows that the Packers aren't. Same way you know that the Colts aren't. Same way that you know that the Dolphins are. Yep. Like there, there is a difference between having a Super Bowl team and not. And we know what it is, and none of our teams have that. And if you're gonna, you know, be pumped about a. You know, first round playoff win, like Fox, he should be because he's a Lions fan, and that's one thing. Hell Whereas yeah. if you're a Patriots or a Steelers or a Packers, you're not trying to win the division and win a playoff game. You're trying to win. It's week five. Bingo, it's week five. So you know, you know that's by what I'm now. Saying. You got you got a lot. You got twelve games left. At one and sixteen. <laughs> I, I'm I'm mentally prepared for it. I am not I am not shying away from it. I am not, you know, making up excuses for the Patriots being bad. Season's over, people. Okay. <laughs> it, it was over after no last hope, week. No hope at all coming. No really? hope at all. I, I said it last week. I don't understand why there would be hope. Like, you know what you have. You've watched Patriots teams start slow, and you still knew this team's going to be in it at the end. You still knew that. But this team, just like the team last year and even the year before when they went to the playoffs, you knew they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. So why? So you're saying brand-new quarterback if you get a high draft pick. 100,000. Per- I'm saying Bill brand Belichick's new- the right guy? I'm saying brand-new quarterback no matter what. But, yes, Bill Belichick's still the right guy, yes. Okay. That's all we need to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, support. Do they believe that? Does Bob Kraft believe that? Uh, I don't know what Bob Kraft believes. I don't know what Bob Kraft's doing, uh, to be completely honest. I don't know if he cares because Bob Kraft, out of everybody, should know, yeah, this isn't a Super Bowl roster. Okay, so Bill put the roster together. Though. Yes, exactly. That is where the my qualm with Bill. My, my qualm is not with Coach Belichick. My qualm is with GM Belichick. Mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I thought Billy O was going to save the day. I thought so, too. Offense, the offense that Billy O has, love it. Hold on. I got some fun facts about Mac. Um, oh, I bet they're super fun. <laughs> <laughs> what if they finish the season like the Lions did last year on a big run and Mac plays good? I'll yeah. be so yeah. mad. I will be so <laughs> fucking mad if they do that. Yeah, but look what the Lions have been able to yeah. do this year coming off of that. Absolutely. Good team. Absolutely. Do we have Penny Sewell or Frank Ragnow on our old line? Do we have Amon Ra? Do we have anybody that you can be like, yeah, they're a good player? Jared Goff guy. Jared uh, Goff, Mac great. only got 39 yards a yak yesterday mm-hmm. on 12 completions. Yeah. So you guys aren't really helping Mac either. So they, it's not they, just Mac's fault. And that's where my qualm with Bill Bill Belichick, the GM, comes is that D-Hop would have been perfect. They also have the, I think, lowest percentage of win rate on routes between wide receivers and tight ends in the NFL. Golly. Yeah. You guys stink. So bad. This is the worst Patriots. Why is this the Patriots? It's for, anyways, let's go to another overreaction. <laughs> Sounds like it's not an overreaction. No. Uh, this is from All the good. POTUS. Not the president, but another one. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but, but I think the Colts experiment with Richardson is inevitably over. Can you rely on a QB to be the face <laughs> of the franchise who can't stay on the field? He is a great and electric player, but as we know, the best ability is availability. Listen, POTUS. Can't say I haven't had similar thoughts. You know, I can't. I, it's real deal. This is five games, four of them he's come out of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Three of them tap completely. Yeah. This one, throwing arm, shoulder, sprain, who knows how long he's going to be out. But it's like the style of football that he plays and will have to play to be successful in the NFL is one where he's going he's gonna to take some hits. Yeah. And it feels like the first one was a bone bruise. Mm-hmm. This one's a shoulder. Yeah. The other one, head, but that was on a celebration that he got up and got back in and played. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's just like, I don't know if it's unlucky, misfortune, or if there's any chance that he's able to survive. Honestly, I have no idea at this point. But what I do know, that Gardner Minshew signing. Woo. Buddy. Hey, he was right. AJ, 
We're talking about Brock Purdy putting in a keyhole mm -hmm. and other guys that have it. He was dicing. Guys in his face, fourth quarter, need one. Who cares? Getting hit, throwing, big-time catch. It's like they didn't let off at all when Minshew got in there. He knows Steichen's offense very, very well. And why not Minshew mania <laughs> oh, yeah. running wild all over the AFC South? Now, AR is the future. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. But I think you ask any Colts fan, we – I don't feel the same exact way that the experience is over, but I do wonder if it's even going to get started because every time he's on, as soon as he gets the ball, yes. Electrifying. Yeah. He, he made a throw yesterday to Don's. Oh, man. That was, like, beautiful. Just read the defense, put it in a bucket. He starts running. He gets the edge. He shakes. He does it. He's, like, so awesome to watch. But every time we've seen him play football, pretty much, he's not been able to survive the entire game. And yesterday looked worse than ever with yeah, the way he was tapping really. his shoulder. I'm scared to death, like the POTUS, that he is never going to be able to really be yeah. an NFL quarterback at this point. But hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully everybody's wrong. Yeah, I'm scared of shit, too. And obviously we drafted him four, but I think you mentioned it earlier a few weeks ago. Like, he was banged up kind of in college. That's why he didn't play much. And then coming into the league, at the same time, it's Still too early. We had those same concerns with Tua. Obviously, very different styles of play, but Tua was hurt a lot in college. He was hurt early in his career, and now you see him kind of turning that corner. But you got to be available out there. But this sign of Minshew, it, it, it's we used to have luck. He would be banged up when Hasselback would come in and have to play for a few games. You went on like a six-game winning streak. Yeah, you yeah. still felt good running out of that tunnel. So that's very, very important. How, 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 having a guy like how come you guys just don't give him bigger pads? Who? Anthony Richardson. Hard throw. Okay. Yeah, and the two of things. You got to remember because he can. Yeah, but he he's, can got strong, he's got strong arms, so I figure he'd go overpower the pads. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, with the way he throws, you put this pads big, that ball's probably. Give him, yeah, old, Give him like, tips. old school, like, huge. <laughs> like huge. A.J. Hawk High School. Yes. Neck roll. Give him a neck roll. Cowboy <laughs> like, the hit, the hit that he got hurt on on Sunday, like, yeah, it looked like a hit, but yeah. didn't expect it to be. No, he's no. got to adjust how he's going to naturally adjust, kind of adjust how he plays, I just feel like. The, the experiment is not done. Like, he is absolutely still going to be great in the league, mm. but I think he's just going to kind of have to figure out when to get down, how to get down, all that stuff. Certainly saw force into the ground, but yeah. also, like, that tackle is going to happen, especially if you're a ball yeah. carrier. Right. Like, that's going to – in the one there where his knee got bruised, mm -hmm. it was like that looked like a pretty standard – Standard, yeah. Kind of standard tackle, and it's like, is he just getting unlucky with all these? I, I think maybe. We just need to take uh, – what was that bathtub that Jeff Daniels and uh, Peyton Manning took into Ford Field? There was whiskey in it, Full I'm pretty blues. sure. Yeah. Whiskey, Why? urine. Why? And we just need to reverse the curse of this guy getting hit or hurt whenever he gets hit. Well, that's what's tough is you can't, like, we're already talking about, well, he just needs to change the way he plays. Like, the, guy, the, the play he got hurt on, like, you're drafting him to do that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. It's tough five games in to be like, ah, oh, shit, well, you got to change the way you play. We need you on the fucking field. He did sit down one time. Remember, he slid, yeah. and we all gave up. Uh, that was good. Yeah, because there was like two players that he could have tried to split and probably would end up getting hit, and instead he just slid and sat down, and we are like, okay, mm -hmm. I like that. But on that particular play, like. That's the play. Going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, that's the style of player he is. We talk about this with Justin Fields. Like, the elite Anthony Richardson is going to be one who can – Gash you with his legs. Yes. And then gash you with his arm. Like, that's just going to be how it is. He's not going to be a pocket quarterback for the next five years. Now, maybe whenever he gets older, 10 years into this yep. thing, they're just going to utilize him as a pocket passer and everything. But with what our offense is, and now with Jonathan Taylor back, if he can get back to form. Mm -hmm. If Jonathan Taylor can get back to form. Mm -hmm. With Zach Moss there as well. Yeah, do they need him? Obviously, he's great, but they don't do 
Oh. Yes, it'll be great to have both these guys rolling like that. Yeah, it would be great to have Jonathan Taylor back to form. If we can get him back to what he was, that'll be great. Zach Moss obviously picking it up. Gardner Minshew seems to be unflappable. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce doing his thing. Ogletree doing his thing. I think Jelani Woods was hurt. Josh Who Downs. Mo, Mo Alley Cox. Josh Downs has made a lot of plays Dog. this year. Branson. So it's like, I think we actually have a team. Yeah, I absolutely. Act, I think we actually have a pretty good team. And it's like Minshew signing is getting more and more appreciated, not only every game he plays, which has been four out of the five, but like every single day. That Don't we you know. think the Jets would love Minshew right yeah. now? Like that's a certified yeah. playoff mm-hmm. team with him. They'd well, cut their balls off for him. Well, and that's like Zach Moss. Uh, I assume there's a lot of teams that are like, hey, you just paid a guy $26 million over the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. You probably want Zach Moss we'll out of the building, it. right? And it's like, I hope not, because he's one of our most explosive guys. I saw a tweet. Was the, was the roof open yesterday? Yeah, it was, it was cold degrees. and windy. It was raining. Yeah, but they're undefeated. But the roof opened, Tony, so does that even matter? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm sure we've won some games with the close, too. I, the, I, uh, I thought that was a weird. That was a bold move. Yeah, he actually, AR's moves. only gotten hurt at home when the roof is open. A lot of rumors about why that roof was open yesterday. It was it, chilly. It, cold. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. It was cold. I was actually, I run hot, and there was like numerous times where I was like, this is so dumb. <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? This is so is dumb. Is there a flyover? Is that what? Who makes, it, who no makes that flyover. decision? Great who? national anthem, though. Great. Stacy McCracken? Oh, bandmate? She's that's in his band, band, right? Yeah, bandmate. Is right? she really? Yeah, that's the tweet. I think I Ursa yeah. said his, his bandmate. Jim's bandmate. She yeah. fucking she killed slaughtered. Yeah. Real talent. Not, not even, that was the best national anthem I think I've heard. At a game at a stadium. I think wow. so, too. It, the roof being open probably helps the acoustics because it's not as sure. echoey. She slaughtered. Yeah. I, everybody in there was like, God damn. Like, wow. as, as it was going, it was like, clap for America for sure. But, hey, lady, you just fucking murdered that. We knew we were going to win after it. Of course. And we knew Anthony Richardson was going to get hurt. But Whoa. We did know that. Right now he's shooting at an 80% rate. That is Hall of Fame worthy. For basketball, it's not. It's not good for football injuries. When does Ursay sing the national anthem? Whenever the week. Well, he did a halftime dance last time. What was halftime this week? Uh, Dice rolling. My baby. It was electric. The dice were freaking sweet, dude. I'm not even kidding. I would say blue, blue, Colts mascot. Actual blue, Mm -hmm. furry blue. He drained the long distance shot from the top thing on like his second try or third try. It was very impressive with the wind that was currently in there and how cold those balls were. And then the dice roll was certainly something. I love something. Thought it was I mean, that's like, I don't know if that's a halftime. Sure, of an NFL game, yeah. But certainly awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly cool concept. Neat experience. Where should it be then if it's not halftime in an NFL have, game? That's like a timeout in like the middle of the second quarter. Yeah. For sure, like the, definitely. They have the worst halftime <laughs> For sure. in the NFL. The whole NFL, yeah. And it makes no sense because Jim Mercer's got Chris Angel dangling. He understands. Exactly. Good. Yeah. He's a showman. Yeah. They need, that's something... That if I could have a comment box. <laughs> Slide that one in there. <laughs> bigger, uh, bigger, bigger Jumbotron, better halftime show. They got the place for the Jumbotron, too. It's literally, the just put it right in front of the window. That's right. It felt like they were testing Everybody's that, doing though, that. Because they only opened the roof. They weren't opening the window. So maybe that's what they were doing. Like, hey, let's see if just with the roof, if it still feels great. Because if it does, then we can revitalize that window. It was cold as shit in there. We it also was. talked about putting the DJ in the roof. Yeah, so when the, the dupe starts... What's the doop doop doop? No, I don't think that's an R's. Oh, we're not. No, that's not it. That's oh yeah, that's levels. But isn't it like a doop doop? Foxy had it. What the hell are you talking about? No, 
I don't think that's it. That's it. I think that is it, actually. Yeah, that is it. Right. Yeah, sorry, Foxy. Sorry, it's 100% on me. I realized yesterday that us humans are pretty simple. You just gave us a catchy little... Everybody... It's awesome in there when that thing gets going. We found it. Then they paused it, put the old song on. I assume there is certainly yeah. some sort of bullshit going on Blow behind that. the scenes of who wants what. It's like, yo, we got it with the dupe. Please. You said it yesterday. If they just keep it going to kick off. All the way to kick off. Everyone sings And it. then when you have to turn off the music at 15 seconds okay. or whatever, the play, or when the ball's kicked, it's like, I assume the They'll stadium still do it. Yeah. will still be dupe. And then if a three and out happens immediately afterwards, guess what's still on yeah. mm -hmm. the minds exactly. of the crowd? We're right back. Yeah. We are right back into dip, 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 I think they could ride that thing for maybe, it could be a two-hour ride yeah. of the dupe in that second half if they wanted to. This is a very niche conversation. <laughs> yeah, but if, as soon as those people hear that song, it won't be niche because it'll be the number one song in America. Bro, it's called Maria by Scooter, I believe is the person that made the song. Maria by Scooter. You got to go to a minute, six seconds in to that song. Yeah, you can, the first minute, six. We got it. Yeah. Get to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get to the derp. derp. <laughs> All right, let's go to another overreaction. Uh, this is from Connor Speed, at Connor Speed 6. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but the AFC North is dead. Whoa. When the Pittsburgh Steelers are in first place with Matt Cannon at the helm of the worst offense in NFL history, you can go ahead and just bury the entire division. We all fucking stink. I love that. Jeez. I love that. I don't necessarily disagree. Whoa. Well, Bengals are finally back. No, yeah, Joey B Bengals, and Jamar stink. Chase Bengals found got it. Oh, you, congrats. You did it against what everyone said would be the worst team in the NFL. Whoa. What everyone said is not the outcome of what it actually is. Well, their is. defense still stinks. The cards have put it on a lot of people this mm -hmm. year. They and have. the Bengals were able to show up and show out. Jamar Chase, all the way back, AJ, I assume him saying, I'm always fucking open, was a nice reminder to Zach Taylor. Oh, we should draw plays for this guy. And then Joey B's able to find him miraculously more often than he has all season. I love what these guys did yesterday. I'm thankful that they're back in the world of sport being great again. And the car, uh, the Bengals, who have started slow every single year, have done it again. And now we're at the point where we just get to enjoy them. I think the Bengals are all the way back. And we are all going to be better off because of it, AJ. Mm, right there. Beauty. Oh. Beautiful mm. ball right there. Well, I think going into this game, we were questioning. I, I know Joe said he feels as good this week as he has all year. And I believe him now. After yeah. watching this game, I watched him scramble. He had a run. I don't know. He, he got 10, 15 yards or whatever, but he was moving downfield and didn't look like his calf was an issue at all. So I think we should see more of this from the Bengals. I think so, too. Congratulations on the Bengals joining the 2023 NFL season. Oh, yeah. We're all thankful for it. Joe took some massive shots early. Yeah. Big-time shots. Yeah. Bounced right back. Put on his free outfit. Went into the press conference. Said, Kid Cuddy gave me his shoes. And Trevor gave me this thing. I went to high school with him. He's this. And then Jamar Trace uh, went on the X and said, yeah, I'm 7-Eleven, baby. I'm always open. I appreciate this. I love this. And uh, the NFL is better with this Bengals team doing great things. Yeah. yeah. Did that without T, too. No T. Higgins. They're still scoring 34 points. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. And the AFC North is a division that does not look dangerous at all. So although the Bengals started slow, I think everything is very much within their grasp. 
Down digs. Yeah, as far as the division is for sure. But like uh, in the grand scheme of things, winning a Super Bowl, that's not a possibility. What? Tony. For the Bengals? Come on, yeah. Tony. Hendrickson had like two and a half sacks this what game. What are you too. talking I mean, about? He's still rolling. He Chase just had three tuds. That's like game changer. What do you, what a yeah, game we'll break? We'll you, don't, you don't believe that. You don't yeah, get, I do. What do you believe? No. You believe the he AFC does. North has no title contenders? Yes. Mm. Wow. Jeez. Tony. I still believe in the Ravens. Oh, Absolutely. They dropped. I mean, what, seven drops yesterday? Eight, can't actually. Much, yeah, it can't get much worse than that. Bateman in the end zone, right? Bateman Would have been a touchdown zone. for half. Back Zay back. had two, yeah. but one of them, T.J. Watt was punching him yeah, in the punch, throat. Punch him in the <laughs> so, did you see T.J. Watt say this is my new tackling style? I did. Yeah, I thought it was pretty creative. How about him winning the game, taking the helmet off? I don't care if there's a penalty. Let's have a good time. <laughs> yeah. What a win. This is a massive <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> this is a massive awful. rivalry in the NFL. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I hope we keep it forever. But, like, Pittsburgh, for shoot, hates the Ravens. Yeah. Ravens hate the Steelers. <laughs> T.J. Watt punches guys in the face in the middle of plays. And the Steelers somehow are 3-2 and two in the AFC North. This one, though, Ooh. like, the Steelers-Ravens is a respectful hate. Like, I, I yes. respect the fuck out of the Ravens. Really? The yeah. other two teams in the division, I have no respect oh, for those two teams. Why? Why not? Well, because they've stunk forever, and they have no business being up there. All right, let's go to another overreaction. The Browns, we still don't know, right? No, still do not know. No. We still don't know about the Browns. <laughs> nope. Well, Isn't that crazy to think about? Quarterbacks, yeah. 230 guaranteed, and oh, I don't want to play. Yeah, that's that was a wild scene over there. But hey, bye, we're back maybe. Let's go to another overreaction. This is from Mick Pickums. This guy's giving out bets. Every, Every week. day. All day. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but, but the Chiefs are frauds. Should have lost to the Jets if the Jets would have thrown flags on the obvious holding on Mahomes' big run. And they got absolutely bailed out yesterday with a no-call pass interference and no-call on Sneed taking his helmet off on the field. Chiefs fans do not deserve a victory Monday. The NFL fully wants them in a Super Bowl, so Taylor Swift can show up and bring in more viewership. Shit is rigged. Whoa. AJ saw a lot of the Taylor Swift effect oozing into the refs in their decision making this past weekend, even though she wasn't there. Sneed takes that helmet off. That would have been after fourth down. So it would have been after the play, after the series, which would have done yeah, it would have been 15 yarder. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have got the ball back more for them. So that kind of gets thrown and to the wayside. But complaining about that also, that's not like complaining about, hey, it was a PI they didn't call or, or they should have done this. Or that. That's the it's, it didn't affect the play. It was after the play. Yeah, but the ref saying, put your helmet back on. Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, what was the big helmet penalty that got everybody's kind of more attention? It was like a couple years ago. So I feel like since that one, it, it must have been a primetime game, but everybody was talking about it. And since that one, every time somebody sees it, especially anything with the Chiefs, it's going to be a bunch of people bitching. You're talking about back. the helmet coming off? Yeah. Yeah, because somebody, after a celebration, it's normally like celebration, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys take the helmet off, and then it's called 15, and then the world's informed that that's a 15-yard mm -hmm. penalty. And now everybody, I think even KOC was like, he took his, yeah. uh, the head coach of the Vikings, like he took his, what are we? Romo was confused, too. Yeah, I think we all were. Yeah. Because it's just kind of standard, yeah. My this favorite is football. Flag. Favorite one ever was when the uh, guy in the Super Bowl, uh, well, actually, he didn't have a helmet on. He also didn't have pads on. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Just had sandals on. <laughs> yep. I believe that was the Bengals. For guy. the Bengals, yeah. yeah. In the end zone. Oh, that yeah. was great. In the celebration. That was yeah. sick. I love, I love, though, that we add Taylor Swift into the script writer. Bingo. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? It's gold. Not that the Chiefs haven't won back-to-back -back Super Bowls already. <laughs> right. Not that they haven't. Mm -mm. But the reason now why they're winning games, because they want Taylor Swift and the Swifties at the Super Bowl. That's mm -hmm. right. Okay. 
Finally put Kelsey on the map. Yeah, the NFL only has hundreds of millions of viewers every single Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. This year, though, they're thinking to themselves, if not Taylor, we got no shot. That's right. We need the Swifties. So week five of the NFL season, (laughs) we need to start cooking things to make sure we're going the right direction. People believe that fully. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. NFL not making it. You know, they're sending out press releases to, hey, this is why we're showing Taylor Swift and blah, blah. So they're not making it a... I don't know. Yeah, conspiracy fodder is certainly in abundance. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They run the free promotion. Yeah, the, the bios, movie. The, the Chiefs are also just like the Patriots now, too. Yeah. Every single Monday, people bitching that, oh, you know, the refs yeah. are in the Chiefs' pocket every single week. No matter what, no matter what the score is, there are so many of those on Monday mornings. Yeah. And we'll take it more serious when somebody shows us they can stop Pat and try. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. You know, I think that's what we'll all, right? Isn't that, isn't that true, AJ? Yeah. You can block uh, Chris Jones consistently, too, and give me a call. Yeah, yeah. game record yesterday. Yeah, that Vikings offensive line is problematic. I, I think that has become a thing. AQ has kind of pointed it out each week. Like, yep. people are talking about this Vikings team and the football gods and everything. It's like, O-line not great either. And Chris Jones moved moved a little bit oh, yeah. and ate completely yesterday. He's not going to be the only one with that Vikings team. What happens with oh, your no. cousins? I think they've also lost yeah. like eight fumbles in the first they half. Again, Same again, deal yeah. yesterday. First drive, they're they're moving down the field. Oh. And boom, lose a fumble I and did. just first play deflate. I think they only had eight all season last year. Yeah, and now they have eight in the first five weeks or yeah. something like that. Turnovers. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, nuts. It make you crazy as a coach, wouldn't it? You're like, man, oh, what did we? Right. What are we doing different that is causing this? What did a football go? Did somebody? Or are they walking around with the facility with balls? And there's people trying to punch them out while they're walking around the facility? Hey, the ball smart. is a program. That's right. They need to start doing it. Yep. Also, and I'm not saying Dalvin Cook is doing, I mean, Brees Hall with the Jets. Man. Oh, yeah. Dog. He's, He's awesome. So he is fun. awesome. He's back. Well, just Jump the, cut. Like jump cut in the hole. Boop. See you. I'm gone. The mm-hmm. exact same clip we saw five times last year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Him just breaking through the first line and then. I'm out of here, actually. I've decided I'm not going to get tacked. Well, that's not it. But he had a long 70-some-yard touchdown. Here it is. 72. See ya. I've decided I'm not getting tackled. I'm strutting out. Now, great work by that offensive line, providing a big, gaping gaping hole. hole. Love the strategy as well. But the home run hitting, Brees Hall is back. Remember a couple weeks ago, we thought Brees Hall was all the way back, got caught. And we thought to ourselves, oh, Brees isn't all the way back. Brees is all the way back. Yeah. They still got Dalvin Cook in there, too, who hopefully will find his form as the season goes. But I think the Vikings not having him, yeah. with Madison being the guy who's supposed to replace him, losing Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Not that Adam Thielen. He had a big day yesterday. Boom, but, but Adam Thielen on that offense potentially takes some eyes. Offensive line not playing as good as they played last year. Like there's Things start adding up You know, whenever you, you start changing it. A lot of season left. But stats are saying the Vikings are pretty much fucked right now. Yeah, like the a lot of season left thing. I feel like Vikings fans, I'm not sure, but I've seen a lot of that with the New England fans kind of seeing eye to eye. Like it feels like the Minnesota Vikings fans are kind of done with Kirk. They know that he's on the last year of his deal, and there's no real point to win games. And then they also think, hey, if we have a top five pick, could you imagine like a Caleb Williams or a Shadur Sanders playing or a Drake May playing with Addison and Justin Jefferson for the you know next 10 years? Yeah, would be crazy. Yeah, probably. But- Grass is always greener. True. That's right. You know? True. But the grass is only green where you water it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Good point. People forget about that. Yeah, they do. Plus, it's green. But sometimes you go to the other side, and that grass is like, holy, holy hell. Holy shit. Yeah, Kentucky bluegrass. I here. can't believe I didn't yeah. come check this grass out yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I've been thinking about this grass mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But then sometimes you get over there, guess what? There's no grass at all. No. Yeah. Crab grass.
Shit grass. Uh, mm-hmm. Weeds. Yeah, with those little sticky things that stick into your feet whenever you walk yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, but for the Vikings, what is that greener grass? Just losing in the first round of the playoffs? or? Well, that would be the current grass that they're on your Okay, side. so right. like that's what I mean. Yeah. And that, that grass isn't that Where's great. Kirk end up at? The commies? The Vikings were one of the teams that uh, the rumor that Caleb Williams listed, so. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, USC team, too. They're fun to watch. Those yeah. games are going to be good. Very exciting. Yep. That defense is atrocious. So bad. And this is just kind of Lincoln Riley's thing, I guess. Yeah, bingo. Why all, is that? Ari- Arizona did push Washington last week, too. They only lost by seven to them as well, so. Washington is a wagon. Can't wait to get up there and dive into them whenever we're traveling now for game day. That's a huge game. That's a huge flight. Let's get to another overreaction. (laughs) Can't wait to get there. Andrew Mosk, the Mosk man. I'll tell you what, when you need something done, you know who to call? The Mosk man. You want to send out a good tweet on X? You know who you call? The Mosk Mosk man. man. You need a haircut? It looks like you know who you call? (laughs) The Mosk Mosk man. Fuck yeah to the Mosk Man. Hashtag I don't want to overreact, but the Mosk Man says, Frank is a fraud. This team has no hope. The offense is a dumpster fire. The stadium sucks. The fans are pissed. Tepper, it's time. Hashtag fraudulent Frank. Hashtag Wilkes was the guy. Hashtag build a new stadium. (laughs) What? The Mosk Man says, there isn't just one issue over here. Uh It's fucking everything. And I don't know how to fix it. Whenever you talk about what Wilkes did with this team, when they were getting rid of Christian McCaffrey, getting rid of Robbie Anderson, who would then go on to become Chosen Anderson, mm-hmm. who would then, I believe... Robbie with Robbie a Chosen. Robbie Chosen. He, he gets sent out of town. Coach is fired. We're tanking. We're tanking, pretty much. It's all indications publicly. Now, we didn't know what was in that locker room, though. Wilkes gets that team to win games and be in games mm-hmm. and motivate that game or motivate that team to be good. And then whenever the head coaching vacancy is up, it's like, this is clearly Wilkes' team. Mm-hmm. Like, this is obviously what you're going to do. No, no. Get him out of here. Yeah. You know the other guy that was fired early? Get him fucking in Bring here. We need him. <laughs> okay, we're going to need that guy to be the guy that leads the new quarterback that we're going to bring in here. We're going to have more quarterbacks than anybody. Then you hear Frank talking. It's like, does Frank know if he still wants to be a head coach in the NFL? Feels like he's lost his juice a little bit. Then you watch him play. It's like maybe his message isn't hitting home, but it's still his first year there trying to build it. But then also the fans' expectations are like, hey, Last year, we were told we were tanking, and our team was at least fighting yeah. and winning. Yeah. This team's got none of that. AJ, all signs are bad down there in Carolina right now. Yeah, you can say, hey, we, we know we, we had the first overall pick, but we traded up to get that pick. We did not earn that, that first overall pick with our play the Thank year you. before this. So, yeah, I think how long do you – I don't know. Like, how long do you go until this whole season just a wash for them? And it's like, all right, let's not get Bryce Young hurt. Let's try to do something. Let's try not to mess this guy up. You know, Bryce Young – Certainly interesting as well. College was able to move a little bit better, you know, a little bit more. People aren't as fast and everything like that. But do we have any idea if we have any clue if no. prices? No. You no. want to talk about, you know, like he is stealing and that's it. Like as far as as kind of what you're as like a wide receiver that's ever done anything. And he, yeah, the old line's been terrible. Wait, didn't Jordo Schultz report that they were going to go heavy after some like big time targets he to bring did. in? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, and everybody kind of echoed the sentiments and was like, yep, they're doing this, they're doing this. It's like, are they? Yeah. Or are mm-hmm. they just potentially thinking about what that? Do they have? And who are the big-name targets that you can go get? Because I think the Colts would also like yeah. potentially be right. in the game in getting that. Yeah, they 
brought in, I believe, uh, Miles Sanders from Philly to be the running back, Hayden Hurst, tight end from Cincy, Thielen, obviously, and I thought DJ Chark yeah, is also there. a he's new there. pants. Second richest uh, owner in the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tepper has been known to lose his patience. Mm-hmm. First year head coach, first year quarterback. I don't think they're going to be pulling any triggers soon on anybody. No, no. But I know the Panthers fans probably already have. Yeah. I don't know if Frank Reich has much fans down there. Definitely no, not. Certainly does. Not a lot. Especially, like, he talked about, uh, was that the Mosque man? Yeah, the Mosque man. Mosque. Mosque. Letting uh, Steve Wilkes go. You know, Steve Wilkes has kind of been hosed out of two head coach jobs now. And that was his second stint in Carolina, too. He was the D.C. there when they went on that run. Uh, to the and he's doing pretty good right yeah. now with the Niners. I was going to say, yeah. I, I'd imagine Steve he's Wilkes fine. is waking up every morning just, oh, thank God I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, that defense still flies around. You asked that question earlier, Salah, and then now it's Wilkes in there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's D coordinator for the Niners. They're able to eat. They're aggressive. They hunt, and they play. Yeah. Wilkes has to love everything about being a Absolutely. Good players make good coaching. You got a guy like – Fred Warner, who's you know a shot caller on your defense. I mean, should I can go in there and call that one? Oh, Debo. Oh, Debo, you want to be a D coordinator? Are you angling right now? Are you trying to get a job? Sounds nah. like you. Watch AQ. You know, every once in a while when I see AQ start dancing and talk about good design, I'm like AQ trying to become a run game coordinator or something. Hmm. What if people from our show <laughs> got jobs? That'd be sweet. Well, that would be so fucking AQ hilarious. Should go home and call the place. What's that? He should go home to Western PA and call the place. He needs to come home. Get that boy home. You think AQ's moving back to Pittsburgh? Is that, is that <laughs> what he gets off an coordinator? offensive coordinator, Joe? Uh, I think he's going to be checking for a warm weather climate. Yeah. He loves Arizona. He loves it. Loves. He, he ain't getting a job there. There's not enough red light in Pittsburgh for him to move to Pittsburgh. Yeah, do you, you imagine how many of those red light treatments he would have to give himself in the winter in Pittsburgh? His skin is completely oh, forgotten what the Three Rivers Don feels like. Maybe he relapses. What's that? Gets, gets fat? Oh, go back to the old AQ. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good for him. Yes. We want that old AQ. That straight from the go AQ. <laughs> the shaped like a zero AQ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. that, that is who we're. Miss the old AQ. We're proud of you, though. This is the best you, you've had. Mm-hmm. Very huge. But with the way he sets things up, it's like, I wonder how many people watch. Because allegedly people around the league do watch his program. And they see him, and they're probably like, probably get a guy in here for a run game corner. We'll pay him 15, 20 grand. Yeah. <laughs> Come here 12, 13 hours a day. Yeah. Drop some cards, get to coach, live out a dream, maybe win a Super Bowl. How about it, pal? Huh? Deal? Put her there. Yeah. AQ's like, I'm in the shipyard pissing in my toilet, not flushing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, training guys in the offseason doing my thing. Let's go to another overreaction, shall we? Let's go to Marcus Jankowski. Hashtag M3 Jankowski. Hashtag I don't want to overreact, but the 49ers are a wagon. Brock Purdy is a dog. There are at least five future Hall of Famers on this team. The Niners are going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl this year. They will also dominate the NFL for the next decade. Sorry about it. New dynasty, the Niners. Five Hall of Famers sounds right. I mean, I was thinking in my head while I was reading that whole thing. You got, let's assume Purdy is one of them. This is who he's talking about. You're talking about Fred Warner. Yep, Trent Williams. Trent Williams, Williams, Kittle. McCaffrey. 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 Debo's on his way. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Hufunga, we have no idea what he's going to end up doing in his career. Hargrave. I mean, that's eight, right? Nine. Was, was Hargrave? Who, who was, was the one Philly. that said you ice cold? Kinlaw. Kinlaw. Yeah, I hope he makes all of it. Yeah, me yeah, too. Him. I hope he makes Ward all Ward on the outside. He's. Having an unbelievable Shanahan, year. Lynch, already in. Right. Yep. I mean, so you get on the Wilkes. coaching staff. Yeah, there's a chance. 
Yeah, this team should win. Has to win. This team has to win a Super Bowl over the next couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Over the, yeah, this year or next year, I think, or people will get very antsy with the 49ers. But the annals of history tell us whenever you have this much talent, historic talent, like you're going to win at some point. Mm-hmm. This team has Good. to win one. Has to. Same with, with the Rams a couple years ago when they had all of Stafford, Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Like you just had Cooper Cup. Cup. Yeah. Like okay. OD, OBJ was yeah. on the team. Whenever yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is like it feels like history has told us that when you have that amount of talent, especially that bought in. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of talent on teams where they haven't been bought in, so they're not going to win. But this team has the culture and has all the Hall of Famers bought in. And it's like, and they have a quarterback only making 940000 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can continue to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge their way through the salary cap gymnastics. Congrats on the Irons, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, unreal. Last overreaction here from X this morning from Zachary at Thrash X Particle. Shout out, Deep Thinker. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact. But the Eagles are the best team in the league, and it's not particularly close. Jalen and Sirianni will go down as a top five head coach quarterback duo of all time. There's not a single team on a planet capable of stopping this train. Go Birds. All right, Zachary, that was a perfect way to end this thing. Yeah. I did like seeing Sirianni sprint down the field. Sirianni was in his bag yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sirianni was in his bag. It's fun to watch. The Eagles just win. That's all they do. Methodical wins. Jalen Hurts does his thing. They're not able to get much pressure on Jalen because they're scared to yeah. death that he's going to run. So sack numbers are down. They, it's a new – A.J. Brown started to come into his – I mean, oh, it's just like they're not winning – in a way that I think everybody just expects them. This is like the Chiefs' disease, too. The Chiefs just win a game, and they're like, oh, they don't look good. Well, you're comparing them to their Super Bowl team, which is the end of the season, whenever they're already kind of in their whole thing. The Eagles have already gotten there. So I think that's a massive compliment to them, AJ. Huge compliment. The standard is the standard now for them. Super Bowl or bust, basically, is where they are at right now in the organization. There's a couple teams like that. So, yeah, if you don't go and – win pretty and look great and have a bunch of explosive plays over the top and take the ball away defensively, people think your your team's terrible and you have no chance anymore. Now, with that being said, at this stage of the season, right? I think the Niners can stop you guys. Oh, yeah. I think mm. the Niners right now are... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, dude, the Niners... Absolutely. Right now? Are you, bro, right yeah, now? Right now, Right absolutely. now, D-Bo, they I, play I, right the fuck now. Yeah, I think they play early December. I can't wait for it, but the Eagles, like you said, they don't win pretty... Talk about culture. Shit, you can run off a couple Hall of Famers oh, yeah. on, on, on that team Same as well. Thing. So, uh, I, All right, so I, I can't let's wait to see it. Kelsey, Kelsey he's going to go in. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Jalen Carter is going to end up going in. <laughs> yeah, probably. Fletcher <laughs> Cox is going in. If you put Purdy in, you got to put Hurts in. Slay would be in. Hurts probably end up yeah. in there. Let's see Sirianni. Sirianni. A.J. Bryan. Devonta Smith. Yeah. AJ for sure. Yeah. Hey, probably- listen, mad respect for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're comparing them to the team yeah. that we say is the biggest wagon in the NFL right yeah. now. So better than everybody else. But in my eyes, if they were to play right now, which they don't, they're not playing until December. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who's stopping the Niners right now. But week to week league. Yeah, and we can. Week to week league. We have no idea what's going to take place to anybody, anybody's roster. We hope everybody stays healthy. And we hope that the best teams are around in the end. Hell right. yeah. Speaking of teams, two of them are playing tonight. We got to make our official picks. D butt, two and a half. Ooh. Can get it at one and a half, too, if you like the Raiders. Because I still True. believe it. Is that available still? I'm looking right now. Uh, the one and a half is gone. Oh, MGM was sleeping at yes. the field. <laughs> There's still two out there. All right, so two is where we'll cook this one at if you're taking the Raiders. If you're taking the Packers, it will be two and a half. Darius, you go first. Me Packers, straight up and obviously with the points. Okay, wow. he likes the Green Bay Packers getting two and a half points. AJ, who do you like? 
Absolutely. Green Bay Packers plus two and a half. Hell yeah. Can we get the standings from this past weekend? Yep. I'll take the Packers as well. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, I don't know. Let's have, uh, let's have an incredible Monday <laughs> evening. Let's enjoy the hell out of tonight's Monday Night Football on ESPN and on ABC. And a big thank you to Adam Schefter, George Kittle, what? Connor Bedard, what? and all of you for overreacting ridiculously on the internet. This NFL never sleeps, so neither will we. Thank you all so much for allowing us to live this life, to do this for a job. You are the best. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is tomorrow. Pete Thamel is currently on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. We need to sprint over there <laughs> yeah. and hear what? what he is saying. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Goodbye.